It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. Yeah, Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville and making his way down from WRRR. That's it, Mary's 93 Light Rock. I told Craig you. Dutton. Yeah, I know the callers are very semblance of that tonight again with the weather going about. Yeah, yes, it is, uh, it is rather brisk outside this morning, all across, or this morning, this evening, outside all across the state of West Virginia. you got to understand, I work overnight since this morning to me. But nonetheless, uh, for the rest of the world out there, it is evening and it is a Friday night. That does mean it is time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Again, if you want to interact with the show, follow us at Hoops underscore Roundup on Twitter. Always a great way to uh, interact with us. First off, Craig, welcome back to the program. Yeah, I'm glad to be here this evening. Of course, a wonderful evening to talk about some basketball. Of course, northern part of the state, and it's all on its own. Um, I don't know the competitiveness of what I've been seeing this season. I've been seeing some teams really stand out in our area. Uh, of course, there's a lot of teams that are in a lot of rebuilding stages as well. I've seen this from one year to the next. And, Joe, let, let's let's go back one year to when Craig made his five-minute <laughs> debut on the show. And, and what happens? And he ended up in the Network West Virginia promo featured prominently more than anybody. I was ask, actually asked about that promo. A lady that I work with said, I saw you or your twin brother on TV the other night. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good time, guys. But um, nonetheless, we'll, we're talking high school basketball with you all the way through midnight, all across the Fast Break Sports Network here, and as well on as on Network West Virginia on uh, Armstrong Channel Twenty Five in the Huntington area. Just so many ways to view this program now. Basketballnight.com also. Um, a way to do so as well. But and guys, you can always go back and watch them on YouTube or our, you know, website. Absolutely. This is episode sixty-seven wow. of this of this show and our ninth episode of the season. You realize that after tonight, we are sixty-seven percent of the way done. Yeah, we were talking last night on another show I do. Uh, we had a special edition. I mean, doesn't the girls start sectionals in like three weeks? Um, actually, I believe it's more more along the lines of a little more than two weeks. Wow! So it, it's, <laughs> it, it is almost here. And of course, we do turn the, the the calendar to February. And Craig, this is a time of year where it starts to get uh, serious in terms of seating. Yes, the way the seating process works, every game counts in West Virginia now. But these games tend to get a little more weight this time of year. They do, and it seems it seems that if you have a two-game matchup, a home and away, whatever that second matchup usually goes towards the favor, especially if you're deadlocked. And our in our section's the same way. Uh, St. Mary's fell to Ritchie County last night, and I feel that holds more weight now because Ritchie County upset Tyler Consolidate, who I feel is your outright number one team in our section. That'll hold more weight over to- St. Mary's, who got swept by the Silver Knights this year. So. When you come down to it, I think that's a difference between making a three, maybe even a four or five seed in your section. It's been a busy week across the Mountain State as well. The Big Atlantic Classic going on yeah. at the Raleigh County Armory and Convention Center. Let's just call it the Raleigh County Armory, though. I mean, that, that's what the place is known for. And um, they've had basketball going all week long there. 
And, uh, you know, oh, yeah, and the president visited Greenbrier right in the midst of all that, too. So, yeah. been uh, a lot of news. Well, and yesterday afternoon, you know, we were kind of concerned of how many basketball games might be interrupted tonight because of the teachers' issue and their visit to Charleston today as well. Yeah, there were several counties that were closed due to what, they, what was deemed an impending work stoppage. It wasn't necessarily <laughs> a strike, but it was more or less a one-day you know, go make your voice heard uh, ordeal. And then that, that raised questions. Does that mean that because school's canceled, you don't play? And, um, you know, if it, it, it just creates a lot of, uh, of issues there that, that could have affected the schedule. Based upon what we're seeing, it does not appear to have had much of an effect because there are a lot of games. Yeah, we've got 72 games on tap across the state tonight, both boys and girls. So should be another full night of basketball Friday night. So we want to jump right in now and get our first check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Joe, we'll let you lead it off with the boys' scores. I'll get the bottom half of that, and we'll let Craig do the girls' scores. All right. Taking a look at the boys' scores from across West Virginia. Yeah, the first two games we have on tap from the big Atlantic Classic from Beckley. It was the Parkers' big, big Reds defeating Princeton 64-51 in the opening round today. It was University of Morgantown defeating Hedgesville 65-52. Cameron picks up a win tonight over Shadyside, Ohio, 46-44. At a halftime score, uh, it is Magnolia trailing River Hannibal by a score of 28-16. This this, uh, score is from the fourth quarter. Pendleton County leads Moorefield, 49-43. In a final, it was Parkersburg Catholic falling to Wheeling Central, 96-80. It was Woodrow Wilson, the Flying Eagles, over Hampshire tonight, 89-41. And another score from the half, it is Wheeling Park trailing Parkersburg South, 46-29. And another score from the half, it's Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish leads Charleston Catholic 39-32. Other scores across the state tonight in boys' high school basketball. Huntington rolls over South Charleston 89-52. That's a score that's sure to get a lot of attention. A 37-point road victory for the Highlanders tonight at South Charleston. Musselman at the end of the third quarter with a 10-point lead at home against Jefferson, 48-38. Also tonight, a final score. It was Nitro, 95, Lincoln County, 57. The Wildcats just put up points by the bundle. Speaking of Wildcats, Logan's Wildcats pick up a win tonight, 74-38, a home win at the Logan Fieldhouse at Willie Acres Arena over the visiting Scott Skyhawks. Also, Cardinal Conference action tonight. Mingo Central, a big win at home. The Miners defeat Wayne 86-52, the final in that one. Also tonight, Ravenswood goes to 14-1 as the Red Devils pick up a 12-point win in the pit over Tyler Consolidated, 75-63 the final in that one. Southern Garrett, Maryland defeats Tucker County 57-49. And at the end of the third quarter, it is Williamstown 39, Work County 24. Only about four girls scores a report this time. The consolation in the Big Atlantic Classic, 63-55 win for the Parkersburg Lady Big Reds over St. Albans. Riverside Warriors tonight at home defeating Rick Capital 53-30. 
Parkersburg Catholic goes on the road to Morgantown to take on the Trinity Lady Warriors. The late the Crusaderettes are still perfect at 16 and 0 on the season with the victory, 68 to 55. And Hampshire with a road victory at Bishop, actually home victory over Bishop Walsh, Maryland, 57 to 26. That is a check of your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. And before we go to the phone lines, uh, Craig, any of those scores stick out to you at this point? Of course, it's the Crusaderettes right now. It's a team right now. I, I see a whole lot of discussion up north. Do they have the ability to take on a team like Huntington St. Joe's yet? They're still really young in a lot of spots. They have some freshmen. They're going to get better. I've heard the eighth grade class is really good coming up. Uh, but they have a lot of senior leadership that comes off the bench. You know, Coach Marty Vierheller has a lot of young ladies that come off the bench your seniors. So if they continue to work on that depth, I still say they're almost a shoe-in out of that region for them and St. Joe's to make the state tournament. Joe. Uh, I was looking at the University Hawks-Hedgesville game. I thought that game would probably be a little closer. Uh, it ended up being a 13-point win for University. That one kind of jumped out at me. And the Huntington game as well. So Yes, the, the Huntington game certainly was one that uh, it, it is kind of, like I said, reverberating a little bit. Uh, I thought tonight. South Charleston would give them a little better game. Yeah, so. Especially at the <laughs> South Charleston Community Center. Yeah. That's a difficult place to play. Huntington, though, uh, goes in there and gets a big win. Uh, one of the fun events throughout the state of West Virginia is one that really does encompass the entire state. It's called the Hometown Invitational Tournament, the HIT Tournament for short. Um, it is, it, it's an interesting tournament because it's a lot of these small community-based Class A programs that get together and they, they seed their teams throughout the state. You end up getting teams crossing the state to go to places that they normally wouldn't go. I mean, Coach Marone was, was in Cameron, was in Cameron last, last week. <laughs> exactly, with the Tulsa Lady Rebels. So, um, and that, that's an opportunity for teams that are very much alike in their, um, in their build in terms of their school and their dynamics of that to compete against each other and to have a championship to play for. Mike DePasquale is the athletic director of Tigers Valley. He's also um, the tournament director for the girls' hit tournament. He joins us now on the program. And uh, Coach, first off, nice to have you back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. How are you guys? Enjoy the show. And the hometown invitational uh, obviously, we, we've talked about it as, as one that is uh, a, a lot of fun throughout the state and uh, giving teams some opportunities to play other teams that uh, maybe they just wouldn't cross paths with on a normal Friday night or any night of the week, for that matter. Well, I heard you guys mention that Coach Marone went to Cameron last week, and he after he went to Cameron, he made the trip down to Tigers Valley on uh, Saturday. So you're right. That's probably the first time those girls have ever been to the west side of the, or the east side of the state. Well, Mike, of course, a uh, short time. Uh, I actually just messaged you there on the phone here a little bit ago. Of course, uh, we play a lot of trivia crack between each of uh, the two of us, but still, uh, West Virginia Hometown <laughs> Tournament. It was just last year, Mike. I got to work with you at Doddridge County. And, of course, that's the bigger emphasis is that you know Ryan hit on there was about trying to get these small schools to face off with one another, try to create a championship semblance when it comes to the title game. Moving it to South Charleston this year, I'm sure that has made a big impact trying to get it more centralized well um we that was that was coach marone's doing he did a great <laughs> job of uh talking to arnett that runs a rec center for us and uh, as you know the last couple of years we've, we've tried to rotate you know up in the northern end of the state some southern end of the state and last year we were up at doddridge county and this year we're going to be down in the southern end of the state so we're looking forward to it it's a great facility big day tomorrow for the hometown invitational at south charleston 
for the girls' basketball uh, games. And, uh, I mean, you've got, we've got quite a few games that are going to be played over the course of uh, that day. You've got Payton City and Paw Paw. You've got uh, St. Mary's and Tulsa. Um, Calhoun County and South Harrison. East Hardy, Tigers Valley. Clay Battelle, Harmon. Valley Wetzel Union. Meadow Bridge Van, Cameron, and Greenbrier West. So basically what I'm getting at here, Coach, is you can just go to the South Charleston Community Center tomorrow <laughs> Anytime. and watch teams from all over West Virginia. Yeah, you can. And unfortunately, um, that 9 o'clock game between Pawpaw and Peyton City is canceled, and so is the 4.30 game between Valley and um, Union. Uh, both Union and Pawpaw had uh, issues with the flu, as I'm sure you guys know. It's going around the state of West Virginia right now, and they're they're undermanned right now. So those two games have been canceled. So we're actually not going to start till about 10:30 with that uh, first game with Tulsa and St. Mary's, and I think that'll be a good game. You know, uh, Coach Marone usually has a pretty good team. Um, watched them uh, play us a couple weeks ago, and Coach Meeks, as you guys know, they've been the, the single A girls. Uh, public school powerhouse over the last couple of years and, and he's got a really young team so it's going to be nice to see those two teams match up against each other hey mike this is joe lindell first of all with temperatures going to be down in the uh, low teens tonight that might be a good thing uh for that first game to be canceled in the morning but but on, on another point what how long does it take you to put this tournament together i mean you're probably already working on next year's schedule i presume it's funny you said that because actually the first thing I'm going to do Monday morning is I send out an email to all the uh, public schools in West Virginia and I'll start recruiting schools for next year as soon as Monday gets here and, and we'll go from there. And, and it, it's a year-long process. I've got, I've got some good help. Coach Meeks does a good job for me. Uh, uh, Jeff Palmer out of Pawpaw, he does a good job of helping out with me. And uh, Roger Kane up at Cameron. Coach Marone's done a great job down at Tulsa this year helping us out. Um, you know, it's just not a one-man show. We do a great job. We follow a lot of the policies the boys have put in place. Of course, the boys are two years ahead of us, and as far as the tournament goes, and it, it, it takes a it takes a village to do this. It's just, it's just not a one-man job. So, if there's a small school that hasn't participated in this tournament and would like to next year, I know you, you were talking about sending things out, but how could they just best reach mm-hmm. you to reach out to you and say, "Hey, we want in next year." They, they can call me. They can email me. Uh, you know, any, any way they want in. Um, and we invite, like I said, we invite every single A public school. We don't leave one out. You know, there has been talk about inviting some small double A schools in. Uh, we haven't got to that point yet. It's something that will be discussed. Uh, but right now, it's just a small single A tournament, um, and all the all the public schools are are invited. And, and last year we had. Uh, I think when we did it last year, we had 20 schools. Division One had 12, and Division Two had eight. This year, we're down to 16. Um, the boys are up to 20, and uh, they have 12 Division One and eight Division Two. So it, I think it's catching on. I think it's more than what people think it is. Uh, it, it's not just the small schools getting together saying, "Hey, we can't compete." It, it's very competitive. It certainly, is a lot of fun and. Uh, it's a tournament that I, I haven't got a chance to go to yet. I don't know that I can make it to South Charleston tomorrow, unfortunately. But I do know that I follow that tournament uh, closely. I just love the matchups of teams that, uh, that are non-traditional matchups, but are teams that are, are you know schools that are built very similarly 
in terms of uh, their athletic programs. Coach uh, Mike DePasquale, the athletic director at Tigers Valley, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we wish the tournament continued success, not only tomorrow at the South Charleston Civic Center, or Community Center, excuse me, but um, also in the future as well. No problem. We appreciate all the uh, publicity you guys give us, and hopefully you guys can make it over tomorrow, and it'll be a great day of girls basketball for the small schools in West Virginia. That sounds good. Mike D. Pasquale, the athletic director of Tigers Valley and the tournament director for the girls' version of the Hometown Invitational Tournament. We thank him so much for joining us here tonight. We're going to step aside take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Dave Morrison of the Big Atlantic Classic. He's been uh, busy, so to speak. <laughs> this week so we're looking forward to talking with him we'll do that and we'll have much more on basketball friday night in west virginia when we return this is break one along the fast break sports network basketball friday night in west virginia will return in two minutes on the fast break sports network for scores online all of them in west virginia visit basketballnight.com does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious. It's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Thanks for joining us tonight. Give us a call toll-free 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Don't forget our poll question. Last week's question... Should high school basketball adopt women's college basketball rules of shooting two shots after the fifth foul in a quarter and resetting team fouls each quarter? 71% of you said no, 29% yes. This week's question, should dunking be allowed during all of pregame? Tell us what you think. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. Vote yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 1145, and we'll share the results with you tonight. And tonight we have a new standout athlete of the week. You'll hear from them later in the show from Buck Hannon Upshur. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 9-18 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Off and running here on the fastest three hours on radio or television or internet streaming. However you are viewing us or listening to us here tonight. Ryan Epling alongside of Joe Linville, Craig Dutton with us making the trip down from WRRR. I will say that as many times as possible. I want to tell you before we came on, I, I told Craig, I said, he'll say that 50 times tonight. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, 
Before we go to Dave Morrison, uh, Craig, I know you had a chance to work with the Hometown Invitational. Yes. We were talking with uh, Coach DePasquale, uh just before the break, and um, that event is a, like I said, that's a special type of event, the way it's constructed and the way those schools really come together to put on that event and the people who plan the event put a lot into it as well he mentioned a lot more names than used to be associated with it you know seeing i I didn't realize howard meeks was still with it from st mary's but having rick marone and a bunch of other you know coaches involved with it you got to have more people involved to make that feel like a championship atmosphere and that's what they want tomorrow at the south charleston rec center they want that championship feel like whenever i announced (laughs) the two times we had at st mary's high school last year at doddridge county they want me to announce it exactly like they do at the charleston civic center for the state tournament where you rotate the players back and forth on your reserves. And, I, I, you know, all the effort into that, it took a little extra, but it, they enjoyed it. The fans enjoyed it. They really liked coming to this one central location to take on a team all the way across the other end of the state. And it made a big impact on these young ladies or young men who will play next week. Uh, I think, honestly, it's a tournament that will keep up over the years. I know the girls this year, I think Howard Meeks was right coming in. Cameron Lady Dragons, they're probably the team to beat in that tournament. And they are playing for the title tomorrow. So if anyone wants to see a good single-A program, that would be in the Cameron Lady Dragons who has to compete with like the likes of Wheeling Central when sectional time comes. Uh, and that's exactly my next point. And, and Joe, <laughs> um, a lot of these schools don't get a, a chance to make it to the Civic Center. They get yeah. in, in difficult sections yeah. or regions that they just can't get out of, it seems like. And um, for them, this is an opportunity to go show off. And some of these schools will be in Charleston for the state tournament uh, next month. But at the same time, uh, it gives an opportunity for more people to experience a similar type of atmosphere. Yeah, and, and leading up to it, it gives them a chance to travel to areas of, you know, we've talked about several times, just like Coach Marone and, you know, they went to Cameron last week and then, you know, stopped it for another game on Saturday on the way back home. And it's just a great way for, you know, these they're student athletes. And I think we forget about that a lot of times that, you know, gives them opportunity to get out and see parts of the state they never would, but then also getting to play in venues that, they may not have the opportunity as well. One of the fantastic venues in high school basketball in West Virginia is the Raleigh County Armory, hosting the Big Atlantic Classic this week. Dave Morrison has been there through maybe all of it to this point. He joins us on the program now. Dave, welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Guys, how are you doing this evening? I hope you can hear me. We've got a game going on right now. Actually, Dante Grantham, I'm a modern Marksburg. So you got the Martinsburg uh, Bulldogs uh, in action right now. Yeah, quite substan- up quite substantially. The first quarter just ended twenty-two to seven over Greenbrier East. Well, Dave, uh, this this is an event that brings a lot of people in from across the state as well, and in different levels. You've got um, divisions basically for every classification now, and um, it's an event that I, I know that there were some questions about the lateness of the schedule coming out and some changes that were made almost up to the last minute but uh with the exception of a couple of games that ran a little bit late on their start time and by a little bit i mean 10 45 ish on a weeknight um tournament seems to be going along pretty well yeah actually they did get back on schedule tonight uh, as a matter of fact they kind of held up the sort of this last game because they were running so far ahead there was an elementary school game that wasn't played so they kind of delayed it so it would start right about 9 o'clock, and it did. Um, of course, this has been a slow-moving game, so it's going to get back. Uh, probably where it's going to end at about 10.45. But better than starting, as you mentioned, the, uh, the other night, two nights ago, 
my Lord, they get well, the Wyoming East game against uh, James Monroe didn't start. I think it was about 10 to 11, actually, when it did start. But it is a good tournament. It's a good tournament for the area. You get to see some teams you don't normally see, as such as Martinsburg here, Hedgesville uh, from the Eastern Panhandle, played a little earlier, lost to University. Uh, and also we had Woodrow Wilson playing Hampshire. Woodrow with an easy victory uh, in that game as well. There have been some blowouts, but uh, kind of come, come to expect that in the first round of these games. Hey, Dave, this Joe Linville, you know, as we were talking earlier, the Raleigh County Armory, as I've always known it, uh, a lot of, you know, basketball history. Uh, and this tournament's a little bit different than your average tournament. Can you kind of fill us in on, on what makes this tournament so special for the teams that are playing in it? Well, there are, first of all, there are a lot of different uh, divisions. A lot of times you'll have a tournament. It'll be a four-team, maybe an eight-team. Well, there's more teams uh in the, there's as many teams as that in just the AAA boys and the AAA girls. They have two brackets in AAA, so you'll have two champions. Uh, they have two brackets in girls, so you'll have two champions there. So you get to see girls and boys. Also, this year, they added what they had many, many years ago with Mount State University. They added college games with West Virginia Tech playing and uh, the West Virginia Tech women playing. So they kind of added that in place of a national, uh, national team. We used to have Oak Hill Academy come in every year, but I think that got a little pricey uh, with what they had to pay to get that team in here. So they went more to a college. They went to a college division. So it gives Tech a chance to play an extra game here, maybe in front of a few more fans when they play that in front of a Wyoming County team because everyone knows the Wyoming County teams are the ones that will pack uh, pack this place in. And uh, that's exactly what they're going to get tomorrow at 2 when Westside plays Wyoming East. Only the second time that these two teams have met in this tournament. Well, let, let's back up through the course of the week. There have been some great ball games played this week at the Big Atlantic Classic. I know you've been there for the bulk of them. Um, let's talk about just a few games. We'll highlight a few of these games here, one of them being Westside. How impressive were the Renegades in running a very good Bluefield basketball team right out of the Raleigh County Armory earlier this week? Well, yeah, that game was very interesting. It was a wholesale domination score-wise by Westside, the funny thing is, Westside had 24 turnovers against that Bluefield, what a lot of people call elite pressure in double-A because they are so athletic, so fast, and they get up right up on you. 24 turnovers by Westside, and they win the game by 29 points. Did so by shooting uh, very impressively. Good shooting, I think. Uh, Jacob Ellis had 22 points. Shane Jenkins and Corey Hatfield. Corey Hatfield, they're big. They both had 19 points. Corey Hatfield added 17 points. Just a, a great, uh, a great bounce back, if you will. After Westside had lost to number two Chapmanville by five points in Chapmanville on Saturday, they come back and beat Bluefield on Tuesday by 29. Very impressive indeed, and also uh, maybe the uh, the finish of the tournament was the Class A boys game, Valley Fayette and Pocahontas County. It came down to the last five seconds, Valley Fayette getting a win and getting a bucket with five seconds left to win that game 52-50. I got to get, I gotta give my uh, alma mater a shout-out, Valley. When he <laughs> winning that tournament, Spencer Dean with the game winner, and I, I thought that Pocahontas County was in good shape. They had the ball and uh, about 14 seconds left. They tried to go long. Adam Falbo is beat by a step, but he's an old defensive back, played defensive back for the football team. He uh, kind of he told me after the game he was able to get that step back. And, and one thing you could do in football was face uh, you can't do in football is face guard. And he said he was able to face guard there, knock the ball away, and uh, 
I think Spencer Dean got it, and the Hounds got the ball back, and uh, Dean able to score with uh, about three seconds left, and uh, the Hounds won't hold on, remain undefeated, now 11-0. and So looking through the tournament right now, Martinsburg and Greenbrier East boys are playing today, tomorrow, um, uh, another full day of action, and uh, that will include a Westside Wyoming East boys game, and um, should be a lot of fun. Dave Morrison, uh, no, you've got to get back to covering basketball tonight. Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> hey, guys, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. All right. That's Dave Morrison covering the Big Atlantic Classic at the Raleigh County Armory. And uh, what a fun event that is, too. And, um, again, I know there were some people who were a little bit upset with the, the lateness of the schedule. But <laughs> I will say this. When you combine that. The person, one of the people, one of the main people involved is the governor of West Virginia, who also runs the Greenbrier, which is hosting the uh, Republican lawmakers retreat. And the president visited yesterday. The vice president. The, the day vice before president that? the day before. <laughs> uh, you know that schedule. He's got a big fluctuates plate. a little bit. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I think it can be forgiven this particular year that, uh, that that things were a little bit helter-skelter getting going. But uh, from what I've heard, uh, people who have gotten the event said it's been handled really well. So Wasn't there another big upset or a big win, I think, for Wyoming East? They knocked off Parkersburg a couple nights ago as well. Yeah, the Wyoming East girls avenged one of their, only, uh, one of their two losses this year, which was at Parkersburg. They lost by 18 up there, um, and then they go to the – Raleigh County Convention Center, Parkersburg, and Wyoming East wanted to play each other in that first game. They did, and uh, the Warriors were able to get the win over the Big Red, and so that will set up a George Washington uh, game tomorrow with Wyoming East, and that should be a, a, a very good double-A, triple-A girls basketball game tomorrow. Absolutely. We're going to step aside now take our second break. When we come back, we'll have another check of the scoreboard. We'll also go back to the phone lines. We've got a whole lot to talk about, including the Christian tournament within the state of West Virginia. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues. This is break two along the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Call us, be part of the show, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. Give us an update on your team's game. You can tweet, text, email, or give us a call tonight. Go to basketballnight.com. Find out how you can connect with the show. Jaden Lindsay, Jacob Clark, Cole Honaker, Sidney Nestor, Isaiah Morgan, Deja Busby, Drew Williamson. And tonight, it'll be a new Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Every week, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, 
Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. Many ways you can connect with us. Follow us on Twitter. You can watch us on Periscope there at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Shout out to some of our newest followers tonight. J.D. Kane, Doug Dean, Sean Flynn, Anna T., Shiloh Bailey. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 9.32 on the program. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville and Craig Dutton of WRRR. Yep, that's four <laughs> references. And uh, happy to have you along here with us on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll go to the phones in just a moment. We're going to talk about the Christian Association Tournament uh, with Brian Sexton of Calvary Baptist Academy in Hurricane. Uh, we'll talk about that with him in just a moment. But right now, it's time to do another check of the basketballnight.com scoreboard. This is the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. I'll do the top half of the boys' games. Craig will do the bottom half of the boys' games. And then Joe will turn it over to you for the girls' games. So let's start it off with boys' basketball action tonight within the state of West Virginia and specifically the Big Atlantic Classic. Parkersburg defeats Princeton tonight, 64-51. It was University going to 13-1 as the Hawks defeat Hedgesville, 65-52. Cameron is 13 and 3 the dragons go to shady side ohio and leave with a victory at the half it is hannibal river ohio leading magnolia 28 to 16 the pilots with the lead pendleton county now a final has defeated moorfield 56 48 it was steubenville catholic central ohio 54 oak glen 45 wheeling central goes to 15 and 1 the maroon knights Defeat Parkersburg Catholic tonight, 96-80. High-scoring basketball game tonight between those two. Also, Woodrow Wilson in the Big Atlantic Classic holding serve in the Raleigh County Armory against Hampshire. It was the Flying Eagles picking up an 89-41 victory. Parkersburg South at the half in the Anna's Army game tonight. Leading Wheeling Park, 46-29 is the score in that one. The Patriots playing excellent basketball. The Parkersburg South Patriots. William Park, not bad either. 9-2 coming in. Also, final score, Notre Dame defeats Charleston Catholic 81-76. Huntington Highlanders on the road. Get a win at South Charleston tonight. Uh, Michael Dawson, 40 points and 10 rebounds in his double-double effort this evening. Musselman Appleman at home are leading Jefferson Cougars 48-38 at the end of the third period. Nitro at home tied with a big 95-57 win over Lincoln County. I'll push him to 14-2 on the season. Logan Wildcats at home tonight with a 74-38 victory over the Scott Skyhawks. Mingo Central taking on one of the many rivals throughout the southern part of the state here, the Miners, with a 86-52 win over the Wayne Pioneers. Parkersburg uh, South Patriots 
Oh, they believe they got that in there it twice. It is in there twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll go on the Ravens with Red Devils at home time with a 75-63 win over Tyler Consolidated, help improve the Red Devils standing in the Little Canal Conference at this point. And final score, Southern Garrett with a road victory at Tucker County, 57-49. Williamstown Yellow Jackets through three periods are leading the Work County Tigers 39-24. And now let's take a look at some girls' scores from across the state and the consolation game at the Big Atlantic Classic in the girls' division. It was the Parkersburg Big Reds over the Red Dragons of St. Albans, 63-55. Parkersburg Lady uh, Big Reds now 12-4 on the season. It was Riverside over Capitol tonight, 53-30. Parkersburg Catholic, the Crusaders over Trinity Warriors, 68-55. And it was the Hampshire Trojans over Bishop Walsh, Maryland, 57-26. And that's a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Thank you very much. We'll talk with Joe McCoy, the head coach of the Valley Fayette Boys in just a moment. But let's go back to the phone lines. Brian Sexton is a PA broadcaster and uh, for Calvary Baptist Academy, the Patriots, and part of the West Virginia Christian Association Tournament. He joins us now on the pro... Oh, shoot. Guys, we need to call him back. I hit the wrong button. Oh no. oh, no. The wrong red button. Yeah, okay. <laughs> For those who – and I've done this like twice total. This is only the second time. But, I'll give you – But the, 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 the two four-letter words, talk and drop, are right next to each other. And I hit the wrong one. So you you have gonna, a little twitch, you could hit the wrong button. Yeah, we're going to give Brian Sexton just a second here, and we'll get him right back up and uh, going. But um, there we go. Brian Sexton joins us now on the program. And first off, Brian, very sorry about that. Don't have him just yet. We will have him momentarily. I like their acronym, though, WVCAT, the West Virginia CAT Mm -hmm. tournament. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty neat. And it's uh, in. I reached the cell phone of Brian. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, it's not a lady this week. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. Let's uh, go on to Joe McCoy. Yeah, we will come back because I do want to talk about that uh, with Brian Sexton. Uh, I believe, actually, I believe we have him now. Let's, okay, let's go back to the phones and Brian. So sorry for that. Hey, Ryan, no problem. How you guys doing tonight? Uh, Joe, Craig, do, doing excellent. <laughs> Especially now that I hit the right button, I feel a little bit better now. I hit the wrong button. Just so I apologize for that. But nonetheless, uh, Calvary Baptist Academy. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Patriots and the type of season that, uh, that that ball club's having so far. Well, Ryan, tonight we were at uh, Ohio Valley Christian up in Gallup Police and uh, put, a, put a hurting on the defenders up here, 86-43, to 43, run our record to 19-4 and four on the season. We've got a six-game winning streak going, and, and uh, it's been a great year uh, so far this year. I want to share a stat with, with you guys, and a lot of the listeners – out there that don't know a lot about our program or a lot about uh, Christian school basketball in general. Last year, uh, starting with last season, uh, this is now uh, we're now forty nine and seven in the last two years, uh, with defending champions of the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament, and uh, you know again having a great season this year and poised to make another deep run in that tournament. And uh, you know again we we just had a really good season this year. Uh, led by junior point guard Isaac Massey, who averages about 18.5 points a game for us. Had only eight tonight, but, uh, again, he didn't play a whole lot. We had a, a pretty comfortable lead. 
uh, early and, and uh, decided not to play our guys much. But uh, our our uh, our two guard Luke Polly had 25 tonight, so he's our second leading scorer on the team as well. He's a sophomore. And also, in a win against Hannon earlier uh, this week, uh, an 18 point victory over Hannon. Uh, Robert Clutter, who is a sophomore. Um, and a, 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 you know, comes off the bench and scores 17. So, uh, Patriots have some people who put the ball in the basket with uh, with regularity. Well, and, and Massey, Ryan, and uh, Isaac Massey, and, and Robert Clutter, and, and Robert's twin brother Roger uh, transferred over from Covenant this year. So that made us a lot deeper uh, coming off the bench. And uh, we have a young man, Zach Richards, uh, 6'3 senior, that starts for us in the middle, and then Robert comes off the bench. He's just better coming off the bench, Ryan, to be perfectly honest, and is more comfortable in that role. And uh, anytime that you can bring 6'5 and athleticism off the bench, it just gives us another look, gives us another dimension, makes us uh, makes us go that much longer and that much deeper. Hey, Brian, this is Joe Linville. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your schedule, that uh, that record over the last two seasons very impressive uh, but let's talk about some of your opponents you, you play christian schools as well as some public schools as well understand yeah joe we we uh, again as ryan mentioned we played hannon last night we played point pleasant we've done a home and home with hannon this year uh had point pleasant at our place returning a game that that we had uh, up here last year with with point pleasant and um you know, we'll have man. We'll have the uh, the man hillbillies coming into our place uh, a week from this Monday night. So, yeah, we mix it up. We we play Christian schools primarily, but we played Sissonville this year. That was one of our losses. Uh, we took them on in the Hoops Classic there at West Virginia State. And, you know, Sissonville's a good team. Uh, you know, they, they were very physical with us, and, and uh, it was a four-point game. They were just a little bit tougher and stronger than we were that day. But, uh, you know, again, our big – our big rivals, Cross Lanes Christian, Taze Valley Christian, uh, Wood County Christian School, we play Covenant. And so, you know, again, yeah, we play a lot of Christian schools, but we also mix it up and play some single and double-A schools as well. A couple of weeks away from the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament. Uh, that will be at the Summersville Convention Center from February 15th yep. through the 17th, Thursday through Saturday in two weeks. So, uh, looking forward to that, Brian. Thanks so much for joining us, and thanks uh, a lot for uh, sharing a little bit about some of the uh, Christian schools that you know maybe a lot of folks out there don't don't know a lot about. Yeah, Ryan, Joe, Craig, good to be on with you guys. And uh, again, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, that's Brian Sexton of Calvary Baptist Academy. That's in Hurricane, and uh, the Patriots again having a great season. Let's go. We have to go right back to the phones because we're in a tight uh, turn here. Uh, A team that's doing very well in class single A, undefeated in fact, the Valley Fayette Greyhounds. They picked up an outstanding tight win over Pocahontas County to win the Big Atlantic Classic Boys A division. Uh, Joe McCoy is the head coach of the Greyhounds. He joins us now. and uh, Coach, first off, congratulations on the Big Atlantic Classic uh, championship. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, outstanding uh, start to the season. Now, as we're be just about beyond the halfway point, um, Valley Fayette undefeated on the season at eleven and zero. What has been the big key to your team's success? Well, I think it goes with the, my seniors core here with uh, Spencer Dean and Nick Gibson. Uh, you know, Spencer's a third. Screwing all state, uh, 
last year, and uh, Gibbs, uh, Nick was a uh, honorable mention, and you know they they have uh, uh, one's average. Uh, Spencer's average about eighteen points, and and Nick's average about sixteen points, and you know they're doing a pretty good job with uh, role players. You know all these kids are are returning from last year, so you know it, it's been a good thing for them. And we'll talk with Spencer Dean in, in just a few moments, actually. But uh, I want to get your perspective on the game-winning basket against Pocahontas County, uh, able to get kind of a run out there from half court, and Spencer Dean able to give your team a win. Well, yeah, it, I think it was like 14 seconds. Pocahontas had the ball, and the game was tied, and they threw it kind of deep, and Adam Falbo uh, made a nice defensive play on it. And then uh, we got the ball back and called time out there with about eight seconds. And we was going to run a, a – we have an out-of-bounds play where we run a pickoff. We was going to run a pick with uh, Nick and Spencer. And I don't know if some – I don't know if the kid flopped or what, was trying to draw a foul. But Spencer got open and went to the basket and scored with about two or three seconds to go. And, and – we won the ball game. Yeah, what an outstanding game that was, and, and in that venue, and with the stakes um, at hand, also a, a lot of fun as well. Um, so, looking ahead in the schedule, uh, your ball club with a, a home game with Meadow Bridge next week, as well as a game with Trinity Christian, um, that game at West Virginia State University, and then uh, one week from tonight, the Sherman Tide. Uh, a road trip, so uh, a busy week coming up for the Greyhounds. Yeah, well, we got canceled tonight, and we're going to make it up tomorrow uh, with Summers County. You know, they're they're not doing. You know, they're doing pretty good this year too. And uh, you know, go into Meta Bridge and then play Trinity. You know, one thing about it, with the, from where we are, you know, the uh, weather really hurts our when a, when they cancel school. It really bothers our schedule. Now we're getting to play three to four games a week and all the way up to sectionals. Yeah, so uh, definitely have to find that balance of getting games in but not wearing out your players. This is Joe McCoy, head coach of the Valley Fayette Greyhounds, 11-0 and as they head into a three-game uh, or basically a four-game stretch in the next uh, seven days. Coach, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Okay, thank you. Again, that's head coach Joe McCoy of the Valley Fayette Greyhounds. We'll step aside, take our third break, come back with more on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Wes McKinney, we'll talk Preston Parkersburg, and we'll talk with Spencer Dean, who had the game-winning bucket. We'll also have video of that game-winning basket uh, as well against Pocahontas County in the Big Atlantic Classic. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, our third break along the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. All it takes is one click to watch. You can also watch us on Facebook Live. Go to RSN Sports. You can watch us on Facebook Live or Twitter. We're on Periscope at Hoops underscore Roundup. And... 
statewide. We're on Network West Virginia if you're a Suddenlink subscriber. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night family, and we'd like for you to become a correspondent and update us on your team's games. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Call the show tonight. We want to hear from you. 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Give us an update on your team's game. You can tweet, text, email, or give us a call. Find out how by going to basketballnight.com. Special thanks to all of our affiliates carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia tonight. Don't forget to check out our Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Go to basketballnight.com and nominate your team's athletes. Also, this week's poll question, go to the website, should dunking be allowed during all of pregame? Tell us what you think. Vote yes or no. You've got till 11.45 tonight. Shout out to some of our newest Twitter followers this week, including Jason Chambers, Casey Hinchman, Eric McMahon, William Clay, and Patsy Kennedy. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 9.48 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Craig Dutton, WRRR, as, long, as well as Joe Linville. Happy to have you along here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on this Groundhog Day, February 2nd, 2018. Did you see your shadow this morning? <laughs> um, you know, it, it was uh, the sun did come out this morning, and... So, yeah. It depends uh, on what time you were outside, I guess. Uh, you know, my, my feelings on Puxatawney Phil, French Creek Freddy, all those uh, <laughs> wonderful prognosticators of the weather is that when they predict six more weeks of winter, those rodents need to go. But when they, um, you know, talk about uh, an early spring, which is not what they did this time, but, you know, those, those just, abs- you know, just reviled, not reviled, but, you know, Un- celebration. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we celebrate the groundhog <laughs> on that day, but not today. They, uh, the groundhog just wasn't wasn't. I have more of a concern. I'm going to wake up in the morning. It's going to be Groundhog Day again at 6 a.m. There, there you go. Just, uh, <laughs> there you, go. <laughs> you hear Sonny share at 6 a.m. I'm going to tell you what's going on there. But um, let's go back to the phones. We'll, we'll go to Fred Sorrow in just a moment. First, I want to go to Wes McKinney, WAEY in Princeton. As uh, he had the call today of uh, Princeton and Parkersburg boys basketball in the Big Atlantic Classic, Parkersburg getting the win over Princeton. The Tigers now seven and five after that loss. And uh, West, first off, uh, a familiar opponent from the old MSAC days, but uh, nonetheless, first time Princeton and uh, Parkersburg have uh, battled in a while. And uh, the Big Reds tonight or today, thirteen points better. Yeah, well, first off, guys, I just like to say that I wish we could play Parkersburg every every Friday night at four o'clock. And Beckley just makes things so much simpler. You're home by like seven thirty. It's it's just a great thing. You can watch or listen but, uh, to another game, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But guys, Parkersburg, I know they've been opening up some eyes here recently with the wins they've gotten. Uh, you know, Beckley last Friday they have a win over South Charleston. 
as well. And Parkersburg doesn't blow you away, but their half-court defense is very, very, very good. And that's that was really Princeton's problem today is when Princeton got out in transition, they had success, but when they had to run stuff in the half-court, Parkersburg just suffocated the Tigers, and it, it was a tale of two halves. Princeton trailed by 13 at, uh, I'm sorry, by 15 at halftime, and actually outscored Parkersburg by two points in the second half. But just dug that early hole. But this was, I think, this was a really good game for Princeton because they haven't had a chance to play too many AAA teams this year, and obviously Parkersburg is, you know, a, a very good AAA team, I think they're going to be right there, you know, with the other teams in their section, Huntington, Parkersburg, South, and some others in that section, you know, come, uh, you know, come the 1st of March to you know, try to get to uh, to Charleston, but very good barometer for Princeton. I don't think the Tigers have a ton to be ashamed of today. I thought they played, you know, about as well as they could against a really, really good defensive-minded team. Princeton three-game winning streak broken in the process. Hadn't played, though, in a full week, and it's just nice to get back out on the court. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, Princeton was supposed to play on Tuesday night against Nicholas County. That game uh, got pushed to uh, the middle of February here uh, because of weather. So hopefully Princeton here, I know the weather's not real conducive uh, for at least the next week down here in southern West Virginia. I know we've got some more weather coming Sunday, and then I believe either Wednesday or Thursday. But hopefully... Princeton can string some games together here without, you know, a week break tomorrow. Um, an early call for Princeton. They're back on the court um, in Beckley at 10.40 a.m., and it looks like it's most likely going to be against Greenbrier East, a team that Princeton's already beaten by 30 this year. So a chance, hopefully, for Princeton to get back on the winning track tomorrow morning, guys. Also a busy week as we look ahead quickly. Uh, next week, a home game with Mountain View, and then a trip up Route 219 to Linside to take on James Monroe. So, um, three games between now and the next time we'll speak for the Tigers and 7-5 um, and five on the season and they'll look to get back on the winning path tomorrow and likely against Greenbrier East in the Big Atlantic Classic Constellation game. Wes McKinney, WAEY, always a pleasure. Thank you guys so much. Alright, we appreciate that as well. And um, Let's go to Fred Sorrow right now, the head coach of the Williamstown Girls he has been the coach there since 1985. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And uh, Coach Sorrow, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. I'm very glad to be here. Coach Sorrow, of course, we had your broadcast where you first made it back to Williamstown after getting that win at South Harrison on uh, January the 13th over, over South Harrison. You got to play Tyler Consolidated. And since then, you've strung wins over Tyler, Ritchie, Southern, and Federal Hockey. And, of course, you have to make uh, the Work County game last night was canceled. But now you stand at 504 for your career. Uh, does it feel like you can get another 500 in you? <laughs> I don't know. I'm 70 years old. That would be very, very difficult well, that's, to do. Well, that's putting him on the spot. And, uh, and, you know, and, and just keep rolling. As long, as long as I stay alive, maybe we might get a few more in there. I don't know. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm hoping. I, I tell you what, it's been it's been really a lot of fun. And when I look back on it, it sure doesn't seem like the. You know, I started coaching in um, in 1969, 1969, 70 school year, and I've been a head coach for 30, I think 38 years. This is my 38th year as a head coach. I've been assistant uh, also, but this is my 49th year of high school basketball. 
and as a head coach, like I say, 30, 38 years. And uh, it's been it's been very rewarding and a lot of fun. You know, I mean, it keeps an old guy like me younger, that's for sure. <laughs> what changes have you seen in that period of time? Well, I, I think the biggest change that has come come about in the game, you know, people want to talk about the kids being being different. Oh, kids are so different today. No, I think they have more distractions, but I don't think they're really that that different. You know, they want somebody to care about them. They want somebody to encourage them. They they want to be good at something. And, you know, some of the reasons, some of the motivation for them playing is, is maybe a little bit different, but still they want to be with their friends. They want to build some memories. That, those types of things. I don't think the kids have really changed that much. And people keep saying that, and I, I don't believe it. The, the other thing is, the biggest change as far as the game's concerned has been the three-point line. Uh, the three-point line has, has changed things defensively. It has changed things, um, you know, offensively. Just that one, that one extra point, but how you stretch your defense. What does the scouting report say? You know, my son always says that. What does the scouting report say? Even if a kid can make three or four of them, you know, you better get out on him. And it, it's created more opportunities for interior people, too. So I think the three-point line has been a huge change. That is something that certainly changed uh, the game of basketball. It's been, I think, 31 seasons now since that uh, was put into effect. And, uh, Coach, uh, we've got about a minute before the end of the break. Yeah, right? Already 31? Anyway, but uh, <laughs> uh, we've got about a minute before we go to break here, so we'll have to do this real fast. But tomorrow your girls go to the pit in Ravenswood, and that's a difficult place to play. It most certainly is. And we played very well against them last time, but make no mistake about it, they're going to be a formidable opponent. They're going to – they're going to come at us with everything they got, and, and it's a big game for us because, you know, if we if we do see, we have a brand new team. You know, we had six seniors last year, and and we went to the state finals. You know, we we worked our way in there, and the kids did a great job. We upset number, I think, uh, number number three and number two to make it to to get to play the team. I thought was the, was the best in the state. So it's a new team, and I'm, we're really tickled with them. And you know, they're uh, they're they're twelve and four right now, and. Really, really excited, and so they're looking forward to the game. But it's going to be a tough one, that's for sure. Fred Sorrow, the head coach of the Williamstown Yellow Jackets girls team, thanks so much for joining us. We've got to go to our fourth break. When we come back, we will talk with Spencer Dean of the Valley Fayette Greyhounds. He had the game-winning bucket in the Big Atlantic Classic Class A championship game against Pocahontas County. We will have that video as well if you're watching on TV or on the web stream. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. One hour down, two to go on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates, great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Carry basketball Friday night in West Virginia, including 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher, the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, and 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville. Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits, 106. WHFI, Linside, 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Fox, 
WBES Charleston, 950 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM. WVLW in Logan. Light Rock, 93R. WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM. WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM. WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley. Tune for you, Yab Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay. At Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. If you're a cable subscriber, you can find us statewide on Suddenlink's Network West Virginia. In the Huntington region, cable subscribers to Comcast can find us on Channel 25. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Hour two of the fastest three hours in radio begins here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside of Joe Linville and Craig Dutton making the trip from WRRR to join us in studio here tonight on the campus of Marshall University, hosted by WMUL-FM, the student broadcast voice of Marshall University and our studios here in the communications building on campus. We thank uh, Marshall University for all it does for us as well. Speaking of Marshall University, we'll get a scoreboard in a second. First, uh, I do want to say that we will talk with Spencer Dean in a moment of the Valley Fayette Boys uh, basketball team. He had the game-winning bucket in the Class A um, Big Atlantic Classic Championship game. We'll have that video for you as well. But first, it is time for our next check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. And starting off in boys, 64-51 win for the Parkersburg Big Reds over the Princeton Tigers, as Wes McKinney mentioned earlier. Uh, University Hawks also in the Big Atlantic Classic with a 65-52 win over Hedgesville tonight. Cameron with the upset on the road, taking on the shady side Tigers of Ohio, 46-44 the final, as the Dragons approved to 13-3 on the season. Final score from New Martinsville. The River Pilots remain undefeated, I believe, at a perfect 16-0 as they defeat the Magnolia Blue Eagles 75-32. Pendleton County on the road at Moorfield with a 56-48 win tonight. Steubenville Central Catholic, 54-45 over Oak Glen. Wheeling Central, high-scoring game. They put up a bigger rim tonight, I believe, at Wheeling Central. 96-80 win over Parkersburg Catholic to prove them to 15-1. Their only loss to Mars area, I think, Mars Hill, uh, Mars Academy from Mars. Pennsylvania. 
The, tr- the planets. The planets. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> not the Martians. So, again, Wheeling Central still a formidable opponent this season in Class A with the big win tonight over Catholic. Parkersburg Catholic, to be exact. Woodrow Wilson over Hampshire, 89-41. to Parkersburg South Patriots just final. I saw on my phone updated here on our scoreboard. Uh, the Patriots with a 77-60 to win over Wheeling Park to now give the Patriots their 11th straight victory on the season. Gilmer County defeats their arch-rival Calhoun County, 63-57. Notre Dame fighting Irish over Charleston Catholic Irish, 81-76. Clay County, 58-46 over Roan County. Continuing on the boys' side of the scoreboard, it was the Huntington Highlanders downing South Charleston tonight, 89-52. Michael Dawson with 40 points and 10 rebounds in that game. It was Musselman over Jefferson. Or actually, that's the end of the third quarter score. Uh, Musselman leads Jefferson 48-38. In a final, the Nitro Wildcats big win over Lincoln County, 95-57. Another big win, four in a row now for the Logan Wildcats. They go 11-5 on the season with a win over the Scott Skyhawks at uh, Willie Akers Arena, 74-38. It was the Mingo Central Miners picking up another Cardinal Conference win tonight over the Wayne Pioneers, 86-52. Parkersburg. South winners tonight. This is actually correction. This is the end of the third quarter score. They lead Wheeling Park 55-42. And a final. It was Winfield over Poca 77-46. Ravenswood the Red Devils stroll right along 14-1 with a win tonight over Tyler Consolidated 75-63. South Garrett, Southern Garrett, Maryland downs Tucker County tonight, 57-49. At the end of the third quarter, it is Williamstown leading Work County, 39-24. And the uh, Martinsburg Bulldogs uh, over Greenbrier East, or leading Greenbrier East, 39-18. Not sure that's a final in the Big Atlantic Classic. Now that game in progress. Girls basketball tonight. Big Atlantic Classic Girls Constellation game. Parkersburg defeats St. Albans 63-55. Valley Wetzel picks up a win over the 100 Hornets tonight, 67-10. Also tonight, it was Petersburg improving to 7-10 as the Vikings defeat Berkeley Springs, 52-36 the final in that one. Riverside goes to 4-13 as Capital remains winless. The Warriors get the victory over the Cougars tonight, 53 to 30. It was Parkersburg Catholic going to a perfect 17-0 with a 13-point road win over the Trinity Warriors, 68-55 the final in that one. And Hampshire defeats Bishop Walsh, Maryland. The Trojans now 12-6 with a 57-26 victory. That's a check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism Basketball scoreboard. So many big games going on over the course of the past week at the Big Atlantic Classic at the Raleigh County Armory. And the best finish, though, was far and away the boys' A title game to this point. Still some basketball left to be played today and tonight and tomorrow. But uh, Valley Fayette picking up a two-point win over Pocahontas County. And do we have the video, guys? Let's, Let's roll the video and show everyone how that game ended. This was with five seconds to go, an inbounds pass down the sideline to Spencer Dean, who was able to drive baseline and score a three-quarter court shot from Pocahontas County at the buzzer, fell short, and Valley Fayette was able to pick up an exciting, very exciting, 52-50 win over Pocahontas County. Spencer Dean joins us now on the program. He hit that game-winning shot. 
And uh, Spencer, first off, congratulations on the win. And second, take me through what happened there down the stretch and in those final eight seconds in Raleigh County. Uh, well, first off, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, well, um, there's a there was a lot of events that led up to that point. Um, Nick Gibson got a rebound to tie the game with about 13 seconds left. And as Super Dave mentioned earlier, he uh, Adam Falbo did a great job play on the ball as they went try, try to go deep with about 13 seconds left. <clears throat> and I picked up the ball. With about dribbled past half court with eight seconds left, um, I'm not sure if the guy tripped over my shoe or what uh, with eight seconds left, but he kind of fell to the ground, which kind of just threw off the play a little bit. But Luca Janini made a good pass to me. I was able to drive baseline, uh, score, and you know, I, I was kind of hard to play defense. I was so excited when they had no timeouts left, so I was fortunate to get the win. Uh- you know, outstanding ball game in that one. Your ball club is 11-0, and 0, and uh, we, we talked with uh, your head coach just a moment ago, and he was talking about the difficulties of just getting games in due to weather, and how's that been as a player having to adjust to having so many, you know, you're ready to play one day and then it snows and you can't play and it gets pushed back, and all of a sudden you're going to be playing three and four games a week here for the next two or three weeks. Well, I... I tell you this, I hate the snow on game days, but I love it on the other days. But, you know, the snow sucks. Um, You know, we're trying to adjust playing three, four games a week, but, you know, the snow is making it hard. And, you know, it's hard to get practices in, hard to try to build back up that chemistry after you're not playing for a week. I think we went one time about 20 days without playing, which which really hurt us. But, you know, we were able to get a couple wins in the process. And, you know, we're still 11-0. and um, We're thankful for that. And, you know, we hope we can keep that going tomorrow with Summers County. Spencer, this is Joe Linville. What I was just thinking when you were talking there about going so long without games uh, with some of the policies that the school systems have about no school, no games. But your team is still successful. How are you guys uh, keeping you know the continuity up amongst yourself and you know the passion to continue to play the ball uh, day in and day out? Uh, I think mainly it's uh, the chemistry we have together. We've been playing together since my sophomore year and my my juniors the freshman year um we've been we've been together through this process you know we've been through the ups and downs and you know we just we all just want to compete that's all we all want to do is just play games and we're going out there and we're playing hard each and every night and we're just trying to get we're trying to build up those wins and trying to stay undefeated and it's hard because everybody's gunning gunning for you and they want to knock you off but you know, I think we're doing a really good job of keeping our composure and doing whatever it takes to win. That was your first game that was under 10 points of a differential against Pocahontas County. Uh, tell me about playing in a game that, I mean, you, you guys have won games by double figures all year long. Now you're in a, you were in a tight game and you were still able to come through. Um, Tell me about the difference in uh, in playing in one of those tight ball games at the end when maybe it's not something you've been accustomed to this particular year. 
the night before that, we played the Van Bulldogs, which is a really good team as well. And Taylor Jarrell is probably one of the better players in the state. Uh, we held him to about ten points, which we were, which we were shocked about. And Adam Faber did a great job that night. And we we come from behind in that game, and we were able to finish the job off by double digits. But we knew coming in that next day that Pocahontas County is a tough team. I mean, they're not ranked six for no reason. Um, so we came out there and we we struggled. We came back from I think our biggest deficit was eight. Made a made a run in the third quarter, take the lead, on and off. Lead changed I think about twelve times in that game, and you know it came down to the end where again, you know that shot. Um, it still gets me every time I listen to it or watch it. Hey. Uh... Spencer, this is Craig Dutton. Uh, of course, you know, one thing that's seen in single-A ball right now, we're seeing teams like Ravenswood, Wheeling Central, they're putting up a lot of points offensively. That's one thing I've noticed you mentioned there. You shut down Gerald to 10 points. Maybe there's just not a lot of teams playing defense. You know, how much does Coach McCoy stress the defensive side of the ball with you guys? Defense is number one. Um, <laughs> Coach McCoy and Coach, Coach Mitchell, they do a great job of emphasizing defense. We can't we can't score the ball if we don't play defense is what they say. Um, we usually stick Adam on their best player because Adam is usually our best on ball defender. But you know we we sometimes put Luca Janini on on him or Nate Kincaid. They're both really good defenders as well. Luca comes off the bench. He's our Devin Williams of last year who graduated. He comes off the bench. He gives that spark. Great playmaker. Can shoot the ball well and he plays good defense. Um, Nate. Nate does a great job playing defense as well, Adam. And Nick's a feisty defender. He's a six-foot guy that's averaging a double-double right now. Um, I would take Nick Gibson on my team any day over anybody. Um, he's, he's a player, man. He's a player. Spencer Dean of the undefeated Valley Fayette boys team, thanks so much for joining us. Great start to the season. Wish you guys the best of luck as we move forward. Uh, Thank you guys for having me again. I really appreciate it. All right. Again, guys, he hits that game-winning shot against Pocahontas County, and you see the reaction, and that meant something. That big Atlantic Classic game (laughs) meant a lot to that ball club. I think you're going to see a lot more of those celebrations as the season goes on because Pocahontas defeated my alma mater, St. Mary's, by a hefty margin, 50 points the week before, and for them to be able to shut down a high-power offensive team like Pocahontas, that means a lot. And coming postseason time we may see a lot more of that you know and he, he was and spoke very highly of uh taylor gerald of van who yeah. eclipsed the 1500 point mark uh this past <laughs> week for the van bulldogs and they held him to 10 points that's saying something yes. right there defensively another player who is approaching the 1500 point mark is the all-time leading scorer in boys or girls basketball at wayne high school her name is ariel adkins she joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And, Ariel, my first question to you, what's more nerve-wracking, playing basketball or doing this interview? Definitely doing this interview. <laughs> uh, Ariel, your ball club is 17-1. and Picked up a big win last night over Logan. 61-44 was the final in that one. You guys beat Logan by six on the road earlier this year and then able to turn around and win by 17 at home. What was the biggest difference for you in those two basketball games? Um, our defense especially. We worked, our coach stresses that, stresses that so much throughout practice. 
and so much before our games. He has it written on our board in our locker room, and he has it circled. And our big thing is that we can't win a game without defense, and I really think that was a major factor in that game. And also, um, and you did get the coach reference in, so you're good there. But uh, nonetheless, <laughs> uh, moving forward as well, um, you had 39 points in the win at Logan last night. Um, you know, a much more pedestrian number, but at the same time, your team was as equally, if not more successful. I get the idea watching you play that you don't force a whole lot. Those individual numbers really don't mean a whole lot to you. No, they don't. I love being able to get my team involved because, um, I don't know, if I see, I trust my team. I love to get them shots, and we can't win. There's no such thing as one on five. Like, we can't do it. I can't do it by myself, and there's no way we'd be 17-1 and one without everybody being involved. And tell me about playing in, uh, in, in an atmosphere like last night, which is probably one of the more well-attended uh, home games, at least in the last couple of years, uh, for your ball club, and, and just kind of seeing the community starting to rally around uh, your basketball team and knowing that you know they've got your back uh, all through the course of the season now as you head down the home stretch. I love it, and I love those kind of games and those atmosphere in the atmosphere. I really think that it gives our team a lot more confidence knowing that we have people there to support us and have our backs no matter win or lose but I really think that it really it helps us and it it just oh no <laughs> we just love having everybody there to support us because we we've been through a lot and knowing that we still have people there we really appreciate it Ariel, this is Joe Lenville. You know, looking at your schedule, you've only got four regular season games left. That's, it's hard to believe that we're that far into the season. But uh, a couple of those appointed, uh, opponents are going to be fairly tough to contend with as you wind out. Uh, of course, you've got Point Pleasant, Sissonville, then Chapmanville's very talented, and Mingo Central as well. And they're a much improved team, probably from the first time you played them. Yeah, we have some big games coming up. It's, it's nerve-wracking, but... We, I think we have our minds straight and we're really focused. We're really working hard in practice because we're here to prove ourselves because a lot of people doubt us, and they still do. So we're coming out and we're ready to show people what, like, what we're made of. We're tired of people doubting us. Well, this is Craig Dutton, Ariel, of course. I'm sure Ryan can help me out a little bit on this, but I see there's another Atkins on your roster there, Lakin. How much is she a support to you on the court? And does she ever challenge you a bit, a little bit each night going out there each game? Lakin has challenged me since we were little. <laughs> That's what um, I hope for. <laughs> yeah, she really has. Playing, being able to play with her, especially her after her surgery, is probably my favorite thing. Um, she's really at like the heart of our team. She we're all always so nervous and she's the one that breaks the ice and calms us all down and she really she pushes us and but we just love having her there we couldn't we really wouldn't be the team without her Ariel Atkins, the all-time leading scorer at Wayne High School, boys or girls. She set that record going over the 1,400-point mark um, for her career in a win at Meg's, Ohio uh, two weeks ago tomorrow and um, this is a little inside joke, but Ariel, you did that despite your father. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, <laughs> yeah. o- o- overcoming the gene pool there and still uh, having success. <laughs> Hi, Charlie. Nice to see you as well. But nonetheless, uh, Ariel Atkins, thanks so much for joining us and looking forward to watching you and the Lady Pioneers down the stretch. Thank you. All right. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Rick Leach, head coach of the Tyler Consolidated Boys, and Eric Little of WVVV in Parkersburg, the Anna's Army game, Parkersburg South, and Willing Park, always a special night. And we'll talk about that in depth when we get back. Also, our standout athlete of the week, because Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. This is high school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Coming up, you're going to meet our newest Basketball Night in West Virginia Standout Athlete of the Week. They're going to join Jaden Lindsay, Jacob Clark, Cole Honaker, Sidney Nestor, Isaiah Morgan, Deja Busby, and Drew Williamson. If you've got someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's athletes to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, and we'll take it from there. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately and artfully, tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Follow us on Twitter tonight. Shout out to some of our newest Twitter followers, including J.D. Kane, Doug Dean, Sean Flynn, West Virginia, Prep Sports, Aaron Miller, Trent, Michelle Jones, Carey, SMACC, and Michelle Jones. Thanks for joining us. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 1021 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville with you. Craig Dutton also in studio with us tonight. Our special correspondent, Luke Creasy, now on the program to introduce us to this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. Comes from Buchanan Upshur High School. Uh, Ashton Maxwell, a, a senior there for the Lady Bucks and has uh, been a remarkable athlete throughout her time there at, at Buchanan Upshur. And she's someone that's overcome uh, a little bit um, for her senior year just to get on the floor. She has. Uh, it's It's been a, a long road for uh, for Maxwell to to be able to get to where she is now, she's uh, you know I mentioned played multiple sports, a, a four year basketball athlete, three years in volleyball, and actually uh, tried her hand at soccer 
tried to foot at soccer, I should say, <laughs> this past season. But uh, it's been a long road, but she's, she's overcome and she's back. She played keeper, so she tried her hands too. It was all good. But um, there's a ball club too that is uh, was a triple A state runner up a year ago. So many expectations for them uh, this year. And uh, I mean, it's almost, almost unfair. The, the expectations for that ball club. Well, that, that team got a taste of what it was like to be a, you know, a, a state champion. A runner-up last year, as you mentioned, and a, a good run in the state tournament before that. This year it seems like it's championship or bust for this Lady Bucks team and uh, off to a pretty good start to the year. Luke Creasy now has more with our standout athlete of the week, senior Ashton Maxwell of the Buchanan Upshur Lady Bucks. All players dream of playing for a state championship. Few ever make it to Charleston. Fewer still play for the championship. When one comes so close and falls short, it makes those with eligibility remaining vow not to let that happen again. Defying all odds, championship players do everything humanly possible to overcome all obstacles in an effort to capture that elusive state title. Ashton Maxwell has faced more than her fair share of obstacles, and her pursuit of that ever-elusive state championship is what makes Maxwell this week's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia standout athlete of the week. During her first three years at Buchanan Upshur High School, Maxwell was a two-sport athlete in basketball and volleyball. As with all players, they start the season with the goal of becoming a state champion. The previous year, Maxwell experienced what it was like to have that within her grasp, only to have it slip away. To her, it would mean everything to change that outcome. The past three years going two states and then last year getting a state runner-up, being in that state championship game really makes you, uh, it makes you know how exciting it really is to be out there. And Her coach, Jeremy Maxwell, who is also her cousin, said Ashton has pushed herself throughout her athletic career. She is determined to become a champion. She's fought adversity her whole career, started having some back issues, which is one of the reasons why she played soccer, uh, to kind of keep those back injuries down. And then she got an injury in soccer. <laughs> um, it just seems like one thing after the next, she's just been so strong in her faith and just a strong person in general. And when you have success, that breeds determination and hard work, and that's what I think has happened here. Surprisingly, Maxwell's favorite sport was volleyball, then basketball. During her junior year, her volleyball career was jeopardized due to a back injury. That forced Maxwell to make a difficult choice. I never dreamed that I would have quit to play soccer, but I really am glad that I did play soccer because it was very enjoyable. When I thought about the bigger picture and keeping my body healthy, I thought that soccer would have been a better option. A difficult choice appeared to be the right choice. Things were going well as the season wound down. One of the most devastating moments of my life, um, the first second that I dropped on the ground, my mom came out on the field with me, and I told her, I said, I'm out of basketball, and that's all I said the whole night. With only two games remaining, Maxwell suffered a significant knee injury. She tore her ACL and both meniscus. Dealing with the initial shock of what happened to her, her father, Joe Maxwell, said his daughter thought the worst. Um, obviously she felt at that point that she was never going to get an opportunity to play basketball again uh, in, in the first moments. But uh, it didn't take long for her to, to realize that she at least wanted to give it a try, and she's done great. As with all championship players, Maxwell has defied the odds. She is back on the basketball court for her senior season with her Lady Bucks. 
she is determined to make another championship run. Because of my injury, a lot more people look up to me than what they might have if I wasn't injured. And being a role model and keeping my faith up gets hard sometimes because of the injury, but I know that I have to stay strong because there's people watching me and they know what I believe and how God works in my life and I need to set an example for them. Maxwell has found strength in knowing she's not alone. When you have your community back you up as much as they have been, it's, it makes you feel really special. So far, so good. The Buchanan Upshur girls team is on top of the Class AAA girls standings. The Lady Bucks have just one loss through 19 games. Barring any unforeseen obstacles, Maxwell is determined to capture that elusive state title and her final chance to do so. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Luke Creasy. Thank you very much, Luke. We'll talk with our standout athlete of the week, Ashton Maxwell, about 15 minutes from now, a little bit later on in the program. Let's go right back to the phones. We'll have to do this quickly here. Eric Little, WVVV. You know what? You know what? Wait. We'll go to Eric after the break. Let's take the break now. We'll then do a quick scoreboard update, and then we'll get to Eric Little. We'll talk with Rick Leach, head coach of the Tower Consolidated Boys. And... The most impressive stat line I think I've ever heard. (laughs) We'll share that with you when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You can go to basketballnight.com. Go to the bottom of the page, click Affiliates, and you can find a station near you. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and calls recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Shout out to some of our latest followers this week, including David Sharp, Lisa Sharp, Todd Ryan, Kenny Green, Brian Haran, Clinton Hackney, CJ. Lauren Friels, Ricky Bailey, Jackie Sun, Jay Neely, Linda C. Gray, Clayton D., Chris Ray, Virgil Lee Davis, Cassie Wright, and Kevin Dunleavy. They joined Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia this week and became part of our score reporting crew. We want to thank everyone tonight that has sent us tweets and texts and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all things high school basketball in West Virginia. Call us tonight, 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 10.30 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, and... Craig Dutton of WRRR Radio with you tonight. We'll go to Eric Little in a moment. We'll also talk with Rick Leach of Tyler Consolidated, head boys basketball coach. And we'll talk with a young man who had what I think was the most impressive stat line I've ever seen. We'll also have our standout athlete of the week uh, a little bit later on as well. But right now it is time for the Marshall University Sports Journalism Basketballnight.com scoreboard. Joe, you lead us off with the boys' scores. I'll pick it up from the bottom half of those, and then Craig will have the girls' scores. All right, taking a look at some scores from earlier today in the Big Atlantic Classic. It was the Parkersburg Big Reds over Princeton 64-31. University picked up a win over Hedgesville also in that same tournament 65-52. In a final, it was Cameron over Shadyside, Ohio tonight, 46-44. Frankfurt picks up another win. They go to 10-4 on the season with a win over Mountain Ridge, Maryland, 65-52. It was Magnolia falling hard this evening to River Hannibal of Ohio, 75-32. Pendleton County picks up a win over Moorefield, 56-48. Oak Glen fell to Steubenville, Ohio, 54-45. Wheeling Central just four points shy of the triple digits, 96-80 win over Parkersburg Catholic. It was another game from the Big Atlantic Classic today. Woodrow Wilson picked up a win over Hampshire, 89-41. Wheeling Park winners, or I'm sorry, Wheeling Park losing tonight to Parkersburg South, 77-60. Gilmer County picks up a win over Calhoun County, 63-57. Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish over the Charleston Catholic Irish, 81-76. Clay County goes to 10-6 on the season with a win tonight over Roan County, 58-46. Also tonight in boys high school basketball, Michael Dawson, 40 points and 10 rebounds as Huntington goes to South Charleston and routes the Black Eagles, 89-52. Huntington now 11 and 5 on the season. South Charleston drops to 9 and 5. Score from the end of the third quarter. We're still working to get a final on this one. Musselman had a 48-38 lead over Jefferson. Again, that's a, that's one that we're still working on to try to get a final on. Also tonight, final, it was Nitro 95, Lincoln County 57. Logan defeats Scott 74-38. Mingo Central defeats Wayne 86-52 on Minor Mountain tonight. Also, it was Winfield defeating Polka, 77-46. It was Ravenswood going to 14-1 with a 75-63 win over Tyler Consolidated. Southern Garrett, Maryland picks up a 57-45 win at Tucker County. South Gallia, Ohio defeats Wahama, 62-52 tonight in Mason. Also tonight, Williamstown goes to 13-5 as the Yellow Jackets defeat Work County, 61-39. And in the Big Atlantic Classic, Still working to get a final on this one, but Martinsburg had a significant lead on Greenbrier East. Girls play tonight, Parkersburg Big Reds, with a 63-55 win over St. Albans in the Big Atlantic Classic Girls Consolation. Valley Wetzel taking on their arch-rival 100 tonight. Uh, Tough night for the Lady Hornets, 67-10 victory for Valley Wetzel this evening. 
Also, Berkeley Springs uh, on the road at Petersburg, a 52-36 win for the Lady Vikings. A 53-30 win for homestanding Riverside over Capital. Parkersburg Catholic improves to a perfect 17-0 on the season with a 68-55 win over the Trinity Lady Warriors. That was a road game over in Morgantown as well tonight. And homestanding Hampshire with a 57-26 win over Bishop Walsh, Maryland. That is your check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism Basketball Night. Dot com scoreboard. Let's go back to the phones to Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. He had the Parkersburg South Wheeling Park boys game tonight. And Eric, it was a game between two teams that are having really good seasons. Parkersburg South continues its impressive run. But at the same time tonight, those were two of the secondary stories behind the Anna's Army game. Yeah, this is always an emotional night when these two teams get together. Uh, we'll get to Anna's Army in a second, because I have a lot to tell you there. Uh, Parkersburg South won their 11 straight. Again, and they ended a six-game winning streak for Wheeling Park. 77-60 uh, was the final tonight. South winning their 11 straight and moving to 13-1 and on the season. Cole Plants uh, really gets behind this cause. I've talked about Cole Plants a number of times. I think uh, he should be in the discussion for player of the year in the state. 17 of his 25 points came in the first half. He had 12 rebounds in the game. Uh, he is someone who has a heart of gold, and I know he's someone who takes a lot of inspiration from Anna and Anna's army. So for him to come out and have a big game like that is, first of all, not surprising to me, but second of all, something that I knew had to mean a lot to him on a personal level. I asked him about it after the game, and he said, you know, I'm just glad to see the you know, margin on the scoreboard, but I think deep down he really uh, wanted to come out and do big things tonight. So he did that for Parkersburg South as, again, they win their 11th straight. But uh, I want to thank you guys for letting me talk about Anna's Army last week on the show. That meant a lot, too, because uh, I know, Ryan, you, you really segued me into that, and I appreciate the time. And I appreciate you giving me a little bit of time tonight to do so as well. Uh, if you don't know about the story, Anna Gordon is a student at West Virginia University of Parkersburg, a 2016 graduate of Parkersburg South. On the first day of her sophomore year, she found out she had Friedrich's ataxia, a rare neurological disorder. There is no cure. So she went to Mike Fallon that year and asked if they could have a benefit basketball game to raise money and raise awareness, and he said, of course, let's do it. And Wheeling Park was the opponent. Michael Jebbia, the head coach of the Wheeling Park Patriots, got on board. That's a classy program because they've willingly been the participants in this every year. Coach Jebbia talks about this to his health classes. He talked to his team about Anna last night. Um, I know a lot of players on both sides, especially Wheeling Park, because you know they don't see her all the time. They'll come and take pictures with Anna after the game. She spoke in a pregame ceremony, and it's always an emotional time when she speaks because she's so uh, eloquent as a speaker. She is always willingly uh, and open, you know, to talking about uh, the need for a cure for Regis Ataxia. There is no cure. And uh, the disease, or rather the side effects of Friedrich's ataxia will be fatal unless we find a cure for it. So very important we raise awareness, and that's why this is one of the biggest games on South schedule every year. Of course, Eric, you know, Parkersburg South, you got to see a lot of them this season. This 11-game streak stretching all the way back since the loss to Taze Valley Christian. Uh, this this team has strung off a lot of big wins. It's only going to get tougher, especially when you include the fact that they are in the OVAC as well, and that tournament will be coming up soon. Yeah, and for Parkersburg South, they've already faced a really good university team that's likely to be yeah. in those OVAC playoffs. 
and it, it wouldn't shock me to see them match up with University again. I mean, first things first, they're going to have to get to the semis. But, you know, you're number one in the state, number one in the OVAC. You control your destiny in the OVC. They'll host. Uh, if if a season or if that uh, were to end today, they would host in that first round. So you, you, hopefully you get the win there and you move on to play in that title game on Saturday. But it's one of a number of goals this team has. Uh, while they would like to win that OVAC, I know the big goal uh, is in Charleston at the end of the season. And, you know, to, to, to go back to Plants the way he's played this year, uh, he started out big. 34 points was a career high for him earlier this season. I know that, that he's not committed to any college next year. And i and I got to tell you, any college in West Virginia, any representative of any college is listening, and you're going to get a kid who's got heart that you wouldn't believe. He's humble. He does the little things. He works hard. He's well-spoken. He's smart. He defends. He scores in a number of ways. He can get to the basket. He can shoot the three, and he's unselfish. You know? And, and I, I think that wherever he would go, he would be the steal of, of just about any class. So, you know, coaches, if you're listening, you know, this is a guy you need to be finding some film on. Go talk to some people and, and get, get a look at this kid. Parkersburg South boys now 13 and one on the season, and uh, or 14 and one I should say. Now and and looking forward 13 and one I'll get I'll get it right in a moment. But uh, nonetheless, <laughs> uh, Parkersburg South will host Logan Ohio uh, coming up uh, tomorrow, and then next week uh, game with Hurricane at West Virginia State University, and then a game at Ripley. So. Uh, a couple of road games and a home game tomorrow for the Patriots as they look to continue this outstanding run, Eric. And uh, I know it's a lot of fun to follow that ball club right now. Yeah, the Chieftains are 15-1. and one. Uh, That's the opponent tomorrow, Logan, Ohio Chieftains. And um, <clears throat> so that's not going to be an easy one. But like you said, three road games next week because South has Hurricane in the, uh, the little general shootout at the medium-sized house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Civic Center is not available, but West Virginia State's building is beautiful, and uh, we'll be glad to be back at, working out of there on on uh, Wednesday and then Friday. You know, it's Ripley, so there's a regional and sectional opponent back to back, and then Saturday is a makeup game. A week from Saturday is a makeup game with these same Wheeling Park Patriots, but South's going to have to make the trip to the Palace on the Hill. So uh, things don't get easier for this Patriots ball club. As fun as this is to watch, uh, they've been trying to climb this mountain all year long, and and you know, I, I'm just the one who's lucky enough to. You know, be to have a seat at the table. I'll pull out my fiesta wear and sit there and enjoy watching good basketball all, all night long. There that's you. an inside joke. That's an inside joke, and you're going to have to ask Craig about Uh-oh. that. If you get a moment. Yeah, we'll ask Craig about that Yeah, he was waiting on something too. Uh, He's been over here rolling in the floor laughing. Yeah, we're just about lost him there. But nonetheless, uh, Eric VVV in Parkersburg, always a pleasure. Thank you. Keep up the good work, and please uh, return Craig back to us safely. Yeah, we we will uh, we will we will ship him back with a return to sender notice. Uh, uh, you know, a little bit after midnight tonight. I don't know if Scott will accept it though. <laughs> that pa- Scott package Wolfcraft. refused. Yeah. Return to sender. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just have a good time here. But uh, let's go back to the phones. And again, I want to say we'll we'll talk to our standout athlete of the week uh, in our next segment. Ashton Maxwell of Buckhannon Upshur will also talk with Tayton Stout of Braxton County. Um, he just 
what he did was spectacular earlier this week. We'll talk with him in a moment. Right now, though, let's go to Rick Leach, head coach of the Tyler Consolidated Silver Knights boys basketball team. And uh, Coach Leach, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'll turn you over to Craig here in just a moment, <laughs> but first I do want to ask you about uh, tonight's game. Uh, tough loss at a very good Ravenswood team, but um, you go up to the pit and you put up a fight tonight. We were we were in the game uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, down down six, and with under three minutes to go in the game, and we had to start fouling. And guess what? They don't miss foul shots. <laughs> um, I think they were twelve. They were 12 for 14 at the foul line in the fourth quarter. So uh, they only had one two-point basket in the fourth quarter. The rest of their points were on the foul line. So uh, we we were there. I mean, we, we fought and we were we, we got behind a little bit in the third quarter and uh, just fought back and cut it cut it to six in the fourth and uh, had to get in the situation where we had to had to foul. And Coach Leach, this is Craig here. Of course, a big, big difference from what was earlier this season when you hosted Ravenswood. So that's one thing I've been seeing all season long is that the Knights is different from the last decade is that we're seeing confidence you know, from this right. Silver Knights team, something that hasn't had in a while. You swept the Magnolia Blue Eagles first time in 10 years this season for the program. And this is your second run as coach for Tyler Consolidate. So there's a lot of good things. Of course, this is a rebuilding year overall for that section, but this is just the perfect timing for Tyler Consolidated. Yeah, we're, we, and again, going back to the Ravenswood, you know, the pit's such a great, great place to play basketball. And I, I talked to the team about matching their intensity. And we, I thought we did that tonight, matching their intensity. And I told them after the game, if we play with that intensity, we have a shot. You know, we can move on in our section and in our region and have a chance to make it to the state tournament. Of course, one other guy that really sticks out is your junior, Griffin Phillips. I can't count how many times he put the pressure defensively. I, I lost count how many steals he had versus St. Mary's the other night, but all season long, he's been an important part. He's been putting up a lot of points. He had about 20-some, 30-some points, you said, those last few games. And, of course, defensively yeah. is where he comes more of, a, more of a factor for your Silver Knights. Well, he is our leading scorer, and he had 24 tonight. He led us in scoring with 24, and with Mark Rucker with 16, so... So he's our go-to guy, and he gets a lot of points off his steals. He has his great defense. He is so quick in his first step of anticipation. He gets a lot of easy steals, and, and, and is able to convert those to easy points. Head coach Rick Leach of the Tyler Consolidated Silver Knights. Uh, they fall tonight by 12 at Ravenswood, but turn around next week, have a home game with Parkersburg Catholic. And uh, Coach Leach, we certainly appreciate you taking time out to talk with us tonight. Wish you and your ball club the best of luck tomorrow or next week, excuse me. Thank you, Ryan. All right, that's Rick Leach, head coach of the Tyler Consolidated Silver Knights. We've got to step aside, take a break. We come back. We'll talk with our standout athlete of the week, Ashton Maxwell of Buchanan Upshur. We will also talk with Tate and Stout of Braxton County High School. Again, the most impressive stat line I think I've ever heard. When Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Join us online, vote in this week's poll. You've got until 11.45 tonight. This week's question, should dunking 
be allowed during all of pregame. Tell us what you think. Vote yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll's questions on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight. And, of course, we'll share the results with you at the end of the show this evening. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to basketballnight.com. Takes just one click to watch. And there's many, many ways you can watch and listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Of course, go to basketballnight.com, our affiliates page on the bottom, find the station nearest you. You can watch our high-definition video on YouTube. Go to basketballnight.com, click to watch. We're also on Facebook Live. Go to RSN Sports Facebook page. You can watch us on Facebook Live. If you're on Twitter, follow us at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. We're on Periscope. You can watch that way. If you're a cable subscriber and you've got Network West Virginia somewhere, you can watch us statewide. In the Huntington area, we're on Comcast Channel 25. All the pictures you're watching right now, if you're watching our stream, came from you. Send them to us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Go to our website, find out how to connect with Basketball Friday Nights. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 1047 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. It's Groundhog Day, February 2nd, 2018. Episode 9 of Season 5 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Episode 60. I've already lost count. And almost two-thirds of the show down the tube. Right. We're, we're, We're heading quickly toward the third hour of the program but before we get there it's time now for our standout athlete of the week she is a senior at buchanan upshur and she is a big part of the lady buccaneers outstanding run this thus far Uh, a team that has just one loss on the season a team that is ranked number one in class triple a in girls basketball team that a year ago was the triple a runner-up and a team that, quite frankly, as we talked about earlier, the expectations may almost be unfair for this group because they are so high. Ashton Maxwell is our standout athlete of the week. She joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And first off, Ashton, congratulations on being our standout Thank athlete you. of the week. And, um, Thank you. Your ball club. Let's talk. We'll talk about your, your basketball club in a moment. But I want to talk about you specifically here. Um, you decided against playing volleyball your senior year and chose to play soccer um, as part of trying to be healthy uh, as well. And unfortunately, you still suffered an injury, but you've been able to play through it. Tell me about um, the moment that you knew you were hurt, and then the moment that you realized you were still going to be able to get out on the floor for your senior year of basketball. Um, well, I played soccer to try to keep myself from injuring myself worse so that I would be able to help this basketball team. But um, 
the moment that I I hurt myself in that game, the first thing I kept saying was, I'm out of basketball. And I just kept saying it over and over again. And I really, truly believe that. But then in my head, I kept telling myself, you're, you're not done. And God's given me the ability to continue playing through this major injury. And many people have asked questions about it. And all I can tell them is God. That's the only answer that I really, truly have. And part part of the bio that we put together on you, the, the, the second thing listed, strong Christian faith involved in our church. Tell me what you are able to do you know, outside of school and be able to be active within your church. Um, well, um, me and my sisters, we, um, we sing um, in our church and for the community, and we... Um, We do lots of, um, we're actually doing a play right now um, for our church, a really big production. And I think that having faith and really believing, that's really what gets me through. Um, Having this injury has been a, it's been very hard mentally um, to handle, but God has seriously gotten me through it. And this is a ball club that we talked about the expectations last year, runner-up. So many integral pieces of that ball club back this year that I think from the outside looking in, um, you know, this has been a year it's been pointed to for some time now from that community. You guys are handling that pressure very well, 18-1 and on the season. But what's that like now to, to kind of know that, you know, this is it. This is the year that is supposed to be your year, and you know that a lot of good teams that are also out there that you haven't seen yet. But at the same time, people think enough of you to have you as the favorite at this point. I think that's one of the reasons um, everyone believing in us and um, truly thinking that we have a chance this year to um, make our dream come true. I think um, the community really backs us up on it, and. I think me being a senior, and I know for the other three seniors that it really um, it means a lot to us. And when we know that it's our last year and that we only have a few games left, um, we know that it comes down to heart and whoever wants it more. And me and my team have been working very hard this season, and we just we're believing and we keep our faith. And we're really excited to see what comes next. Ashton, this is Joe Lindell. I really like your quote, anything less than a state tournament will be a disappointment. Your thoughts? Um, well, we've worked really, really hard over the past couple of years. And um, my freshman year, we, uh, we made it to states. It was just an accomplishment to, to even get there. Um, I don't know that really many people were expecting it. But every year since that, we've always done better our expectations have always been higher and last year we um got a state runner-up and i know that we're still expecting um higher expectations we never we never slack off and we're we're always working harder than we were before ashton maxwell our standout athlete of the week from Buchanan Upshur High School. Thanks so much for joining us, and we wish you and the Lady Bucks 
all the best moving forward. And we know you have a game tomorrow um, as your senior year starts to wind down. Ashton, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Ashton Maxwell from Buchanan <laughs> Upshur High School. And guys, before we go to our next caller, um, you hear what she has to say there. And I thought that um, it sounded like someone who kind of understands the gravity of the situation um, coming off of an injury. At that age, you only get four years to play high school basketball. Yeah. And unfortunately, she's had to deal with some injuries and play through them. Um, but her attitude toward it is uh, standout worthy. Those injuries will begin to numb once postseason comes and you start to see where you have faith in your teammates. That's what she said. She has a lot of faith in God and her family and her teammates as her family. I really feel that Buchanan Upshur, you know, seeing the highlights I've seen over the last couple of years, they have a dynasty going for them, and she's got a very good support system. Hungry. They are hungry. <laughs> they want to bring that trophy home from Charleston. And that, that, that gives people a lot of get up and go, the extra, you know, going that 110% as the old saying goes. And, and I'll say this before we go to our next caller, too. You want to talk about we're from the outside looking in at this Buchanan Upshur community. We'll, we'll, we'll take our call after the break with uh, Tate and Stout, and we'll also have Jeremy Dillon both after the break. But um, we're able to, you know, we talk with, we talk with Dylan Godet just about every week, um, keeping us updated on Buchanan Upshur. Uh, we talked with Hannah McClung last week. We've talked to her before, but none of us can <laughs> seem to remember exactly when that was. If it was two years ago or last year, it all blends together for us, unfortunately. But, uh, and then speaking to Ashton there, and Joe, I almost get the idea that even just through a telephone call, it feels like you're talking to members of the same family. I know. It's like you know her. I mean, you know, we obviously got to watch her play in Charleston last year and, and some of the highlights, you know, in social media and so forth. And But it's it's just good to, to talk to these, you know, student athletes. And I keep emphasizing that because sometimes, you know, when they make mistakes, we, we want to throw them under the bus. But really, we should be lifting them up and encouraging them because, you know, of their age and, and where they're at in their life. And when you're in that you know 17 well basically 14 to 18 range which is what you get with, with most high schoolers and we'll remember these those days uh craig it's not necessarily the mistakes you make it's how you react to the mistakes you make or the situations put in front of you and uh it can be difficult sometimes you have to grow up a little bit fast in, in certain instances and um our standout athletes of the week over the over the course of the years all have in common that uh they tend to be pretty well level-headed and, and quote-unquote get it <laughs> they have to have that ability to, you know, just play through and just, you know, continue to trust their teammates. As I mentioned earlier, you know, to have that ability and stay focused on their work, their schoolwork, you, you don't realize how much pressure is on these young athletes having to go out on the floor each evening, all that pressure on them, and yet think they may have to go home and do maybe two hours worth of homework or more the next day. That's a lot of pressure. And that's why you see that a lot from these standout athletes who go beyond the call of duty when it comes to their teams. And, and you know, for fans, sports writers, broadcasters, et cetera, et cetera, uh, we go to games and you see such a small portion of those players' lives kind of play out in front of you on the court or on the field of play. But think about your own life, too, how small a piece that is of your life, and it's the same thing. Sometimes we tend to overemphasize what we see on a basketball court on a given night or a, or a football field if someone doesn't play well, you know, what's wrong with them. Well, 
you know, there's a whole lot. There's, you know, that's like I said, that's such a small window in, into uh, into what people are going through, and uh, certainly, kind of, you have to get the perspective of that. Sometimes you have to be a little bit older to do that. It's hard to have that perspective when you're not old enough to have gone through life experiences. But we'll talk much more about that. I don't know how we got to that point. But Basketball <laughs> Friday Night in West Virginia continues with Tate and Stout and Jeremy Dillon after the break on the Flatsburg Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM, Classic Hits 106, WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM, 95 The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM, The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW Logan. Light Rock 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. The greatest oldies of all time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZ, LP, Edmund, Beckley. Tune for you, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers, if you have Suddenlink, you can find us on Network West Virginia statewide. We're also in the Huntington region on Comcast, Channel 25. And we're on YouTube, Facebook Live, and Periscope. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. It is 11 o'clock, third and final hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epley alongside of Joe Linville, Craig Dutton, and WRRR all with us here tonight. And we'll get a scoreboard in a moment. Go to at hoops underscore roundup um, on Twitter. Yep, got another WRRR reference in there. Yep, <laughs> the tally continues. Um, but uh, nonetheless, uh, you can go to hoops underscore roundup on Twitter for the scores. Go to basketballnight.com. We'll get you a full scoreboard in a moment. But uh, we've, we've held this young man on hold for uh, a while now just because of that. And I wanted to hold him through the break there because I was afraid we were going to run out of time. But uh, he had one of the most impressive stat lines I have ever seen. Earlier this week, Braxton County defeated Doddridge County 82 
to 57. That was a road game for the Eagles. And in that game, Tayton Stout broke the school scoring record with 50 points in that game on 25 made two-point field goals. (laughs) Tayton Stout joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. First off, thanks for holding on. And second of all, how did you not get fouled in this game? Um, I really don't know, but for the most part, they were mostly layups. I had three jump shots the whole game, so but no foul shots or threes. So it was really fun doing it, no doubt. Um, so, okay, help me out here. Um, 25 made two-point field goals. I saw that. I was like, well, it, are we talking about a, a post player around the basket? Or are we talking about somebody who gets a lot of runouts? Or uh, did you miss any threes? Did you, did you get to the free throw line and miss? I mean, wh- what happened in this ballgame? Uh, we ran a 1-3-1 for the most part. And I'd get a lot of steals, and I'd take it myself. And then I had a lot of offensive rebounds. I shot 1-3 and missed it. And, but, no, I didn't shoot any foul shots at all the whole game. Hey, it's kind of crazy. Hey, Tayton, this is Joe Linville. Have you ever heard of a fellow by the name of Danny Heater? Yes, sir. He had 135 points. Yeah, what, what my question is, what is in the water in Braxton County? Because, actually, Flatwoods is just <laughs> a rock throw from where Braxton County High School now stands. But uh, have you had other high-scoring games anywhere close to this? Um, I had a 49-point game last year that – also broke the score record of 45. That was held by uh, Mark Wright in, like, 89, I think. And I ended up breaking it last year with 49. And I broke it again this year with 50. So that was really cool. 50 is a nice round number. 49 is a tough one to hang on. Were you kind of of beating yourself up a little bit after that one? Well, we thought originally it was 48 until after the game looked, and it was 45. So I would have just scored 46 that game until we realized, yeah, it was it was confusing, but it worked out. You mentioned the 1-3-1 zone there, Tayton. Uh, obviously, you have to think, if you're getting a lot of those opportunities to just drive the ball back off turnovers, how many steals have you had on the season? Are you close to breaking a, any, uh, any defensive records? Um, last year, I broke the career steal records, and oh for every steal I get now, I continue to break it's it. Gravy. I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> And then last year also broke the single game with 10 steals, and now broke it again with 11. And then um, I broke the season steals last year record also. Well, I guess you're. I guess the, it's it's not the record book; it's the Tate and Stout book at this point. But um, yeah, it's, it's very impressive, and obviously, it, it takes an entire team to be able to to get these accomplishments as well. Of course, of course, it does. Uh, your ball club um, having a very good season as well, and um, unfortunately postponed today. Um, I know weather was an issue in Webster County. Uh, couldn't make that trip um, today, but um, looking ahead at the schedule, Calhoun County, and another game with Doddridge County next week. I don't want to put any pressure on you, but uh, going back up against a team you just scored 50 against, obviously they're going to try to take some effort to keep that from happening again. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure they will, but it probably won't happen again. It probably won't happen again the rest of the season. It was just one of those things. It just the ball just ended up in my hands when, when I was under the basket, and rebound somehow just fell off the rim to me. It was it was really cool though. I felt I was pretty blessed with it. Braxton County 13 and three on the season. Tate and Stout, congratulations on again 
perhaps the most impressive uh, impressive stat line I've ever seen. And we appreciate him joining us and hanging in there with us tonight on the program, guys. 25 made two-point field goals. And, and wow. I mean, that's just still <laughs> cracks me up. I, I didn't ask him this, and I wish I would have. Now, in retrospect, is he glad he missed that three? Because if you score 53 and you've got to made three, that, doesn't, that still doesn't quite doesn't as reverberate yeah. as the 25 made field goals and 50 points. But now it's a challenge when they host Doddridge County. Right, yeah. <laughs> To break his own record again. And it's definitely not in the water because my mom was from Braxton County. It sure didn't get in the pike at all. So. <laughs> Danny Heater from Burnsville. We had him on the program last year. I know that for a fact. It yes, was last it year. Was. And we... Uh, we certainly appreciate talking to him. Because remember when um, it was Leangelo Ball? I get I, you know, the, the youngest Ball brother scored 90-some points in a game for Chino Hills, and you know, now he's playing, quote-unquote, professionally in Lithuania. But um, <laughs> whatever. But the um, point being that um, you know, he still came up almost 40 points shy of the West Virginia boys. Yeah. Uh, national, national record, record. Yeah. yes. And that, is, that was spectacular. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Jeremy Dillon is a Marshall University basketball commit uh, signee, actually, and uh, from Mingo Central. And uh, he actually won the Kennedy Award in football last year. And But basketball is, is probably the better of the two sports. He joins us now on the program. And, uh, Jeremy, first off, congratulations on the big win tonight on Minor Mountain against Wayne. I appreciate, appreciate you guys having me on here. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, getting through the recruiting process. Uh, you chose Marshall a couple of years ago as a verbal commit, stuck with it, and then signed in the uh, early signing period this year. Um, I've got to imagine that at least that's been a, a way for you to relax and enjoy just going out and playing your senior year. Uh, yeah, it has been. Uh, I've wanted to go to Marshall since probably my freshman year and when they offered I was uh, I was really excited about that. Then when the signing period came, I already knew what I wanted to do, so that just made it made it a simple decision. Hey, Jeremy, this is Joe Linville. First of all, uh, congratulations on signing with Marshall. Uh, which I do have to ask you this: I've kind of got a twofold question. Which is your favorite sport, basketball or football? Uh, I've been asked that many times, but. <laughs> Um, in high school, I probably had to say whatever season or whatever season it is, honestly. But right now, I'd have I'd, it's basketball right now for sure. And there was, I would like for you to squelch a rumor. There was a lot of rumors floating about earlier. You were thinking about uh, turning down the Marshall offer and going to play football. Was that true, or was that just some rumors floating around? Uh, back in the summer, I, I kind of weighed my options again, but. By the end of the summer, I, I came to a conclusion that I just still wanted to go to Marshall your play team, basketball. Your team, uh, the basketball team there under Kevin Hatfield, rolling right along. You had a big win uh, tonight. Also earlier in the week over at Madison against the Skyhawks where you dropped in 25 points. Uh, after you know going to that state tournament in Charleston last year, how tough, how mindset is the Miners on getting back to Charleston again for another opportunity? Oh, uh, that's our number one goal is to make it and uh, give a chance to win it up there because anything can happen. But uh, lately our our chemistry has been getting a lot better. We had uh, early in the season we had a player quit and one towards ACL. Those are two big men. And uh, we've had some guys pick it up like Jay Reed and uh, 
Garrett Brown, they've been shooting the ball well. Yeah, I know Warden come off the bench there in the Hatfield-McCoy tournament. Uh, I told Coach Hatfield the other night, if all your players would step up and play their top game, you would have an awesome team. I know uh, you're pretty much the team leader, and then Drew Hatfield there right behind you, and then you've got several players that has made contributions this season for the team. Oh, yeah, we've had different players step up at each different time, like Chase over there at the Sheldon Clark game, stepping up and hitting those threes because he had to step out, get their big man out of the paint. And Drew, he's been doing a lot a lot better lately. He had, uh, I think, like a 30-point game a couple games ago, and he's been dishing the ball well to us. Jeremy, I know that you were a little bit banged up right at the end of the football season. Uh, another spectacular season, I want to say as well, making it to the state semifinals. Um, and maybe it took a little bit of time for basketball. How are you from a health standpoint of, of being healed up, being closer to being 100%? Uh, I'd say right now I'm about 100%. I'd say about three or four games ago I got got back to normal because in that Fairmont senior game I sprained my LCL and it just took a little bit to heal up. But now I'm good. I understand last week you had a little, maybe the week before you had a, the, a little bit of the flu bug. But uh, talking about the Miners basketball team, big game tomorrow night in Chapmanville as you uh, take on the uh, Tigers who only have one loss. That was a big game in the uh, sectionals last year. And um, I'm sure you guys got revenge on your mind. Oh, yeah, we for sure do. We know it's going to be a wild game tomorrow. I'm sure there will be uh, all kinds of different schools coming to watch. It will be packed out. The last year was a wild one, so we're ready to go up there and uh, win it. And, Jeremy, you're in a, a basketball tradition-rich area. Um, now, not necessarily the four schools that went into um, Mingo Central right at the very end of their existence, but for the duration, Williamson, Birch, Mate, yeah. Mate One had some excellent teams as well. And Gilbert had some really good teams um, back when Josh Birchfield was there also. Um so, uh, you know, you've got a lot of those schools right around you. There's so much love for this game in that area. Logan, very good. Chapmanville, obviously, yeah. very good. Tug Valley, who's a, a rival, very good as well. It seems like night in, night out, you have a big game in terms of you, your opponent is going to be competitive. I, I've got to feel like that, that's a, a lot of fun to just play in that area right now. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a very rich basketball community i mean we have all kinds of people come out to the games like especially the tug valley and the mingo central game it's it's packed out can't hardly get a seat but uh yeah like you said uh they've been a lot of good teams and good players come through here like mark klein my gonna be my future coach is one of the best to come out of here jeremy one other thing there i know you, you get a lot of rebounds, and I'm not sure your stats there, but your arm, your reach, your width, that, that plays havoc on a lot of the ball teams that you play this season. Uh, yeah, I think, I'm, I think I measured my wingspan once, and it was about 6'6", six, six, so that, that comes in handy a lot. Jeremy Dillon of Mingo Central, Marshall basketball signee. Thank you so much for joining us on the program, and uh, – just as someone who has been able to watch you play both basketball and football the last couple of years, it's been a pleasure to get to see you play because you're one of the very best to come out of that area in a long time. 
I really appreciate that. Appreciate you guys having me on. All right, that's Jeremy Dillon of the Mingo Central Miners. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll get you that scoreboard update as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The Marshall University Sports Journalism degree is designed for you to find a job to put your knowledge and training to work after graduation. The program allows for students to concentrate in one of three exciting areas, print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on real-life experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback and career-launching advice. Marshall University has 15 varsity teams that afford sports journalism majors the opportunities to cover them in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on experience comes through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and Herd TV, as well as communications campaigns, off-campus internships, and an expansive alumni network in all areas of expertise. The Marshall University School of Journalism is ready and eager to help you start your sports media career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget our poll question tonight. Should dunking be allowed during all of free game? Go to basketballnight.com. On the right-hand side of the page is the poll question. Tell us tonight, yes or no. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 11-15 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Now turning over to 11-16, Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville and WRRR's Craig Dutton. <laughs> I'm going to take my shoes off. <laughs> How you know, many R's can be spelled out? My goal was 15 by the end of the You're night. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm on pace. But um, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, it, it, we'll go back to the phone lines in just a moment to a resident referee. But first, it's time for another check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. High school boys basketball action tonight. Big Atlantic Classic, Parkersburg defeats Princeton 64-51. It was University defeating Hedgesville 65-52. Also tonight, Cameron goes to Shadyside, Ohio, and the Dragons get a big road win, 46-44 the final in that one. Frankfurt beats Mountain Ridge, Maryland, 65-52. The Falcons are 10-4. Hannibal River, Ohio blows out Magnolia tonight, 75-32. Pilots get the win at home. Also, it was Pendleton County defeating Moorfield 56-48. to 
Steubenville Catholic Central Ohio, 54 Oak Glen, 45. Wheeling Central goes to 15-1 as the Maroon Knights knock off the Crusaders of Parkersburg Catholic in a high-scoring affair tonight. 86 to excuse me, 96 to 80, the final in that one. Woodrow Wilson in the Big Atlantic Classic rolls past Hampshire, final score of 89 to 41. Anna's Army game in the fight against Friedrichs Ataxia tonight at Parkersburg South High School and the host Patriots defeat the visiting Patriots of Wheeling Park, final of 77 to 60. Parkersburg South now 13 to 1, Wheeling Park falls to 9 and 3. Berkeley Springs goes to 10-5 with a 71-50 home win over the Golden Tornado of Kaiser. Great game tonight in Weirton where Brooke defeats the homestanding Weir Red Riders. 57-56 the final in that one. Another really close ball game tonight. Saw Gilmer County pick up its first win of the year. The Titans go on the road and beat Calhoun County tonight 63-57. It was Notre Dame, 81, Charleston Catholic, 76. Clay County defeats Roan County, 58-46. And at home tonight with a 77-34 win over Covenant Christian. Of course, uh, they fell earlier this week to uh, Calvary Baptist, a team that's going to be favored in that West Virginia Christian uh, athlete, uh, athletic, tournament. athletic tournament coming up in a couple weeks. Sissonville with a 70-54 win over Herbert Hoover this evening. Give Sissonville their ninth win of the season. Huntington travels on the road, gets a big win at South Charleston, 89-52. Musselman Appleman at home with a 68-61 win over Jefferson. Nitro over Lincoln County, 95-57. Logan Wildcats defeats the Scott Skyhawks, 74-38 to give Logan their 11th win of the season. Mingo Central Miles, Jeremy Dillon just on the break before with a big win tonight, 86-52 as they defeat the Wayne Pioneers. Wheeling, uh, we already mentioned that one earlier, Winfield, a 77-46 win over the Polka Dots this evening, give Winfield their 11th win of the season. Ravenswood holds off Tyler Consolidate in a 12-point victory by a final score of 75-63. Spring Mills on the road at Washington, final in double overtime Spring Mills gets to win 63-61. Southern Garrett, Maryland defeats Tucker County 57-49. A 62-52 win for South Gallia over Wahama. Work County falls on the road at Williamstown 61-39. Pocahontas County, they'll get back on track of their high-scoring efforts again with a 82-61 win over East Hardy to prove Pocahontas County to 15-2 on the season. Van Bulldogs wins over Greenbrier West 69-51 and an 83-52 win for the Martinsburg Bulldogs over Greenbrier East. On the girls' side of the scoreboard of 22 games on tap for the night, seven have either been canceled or postponed but here's what we have a win for the parkersburg big wins to big reds tonight over the in the consolation game of the big atlantic girls classic a win over st albans 63 55 it was valley wetzel the lumberjacks over 167 to 10 handed wildcats pick up a win tonight 43 42 in a tight one over covenant christian 
It was Petersburg, the Vikings over the Indians of Berkeley Springs, 52-36. It was the Riverside Warriors picking up a win over the Capitol Cougars tonight, 53-30. Parkersburg Catholic over Trinity, 68-55. Spring Valley winners tonight over the Lady Knights of Cabell Midland, 53-42. Hampshire over Bishop Walsh, Maryland, 57-26. It was the Lady Redskins of Hurricane over the Huntington Highlanders tonight, 42-34. And the uh, Hurricane uh, Redskins, actually, there's that scores in there twice and it's reversed, so we need to check on that one. And that's a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Thank you very much, guys, and we will get that straightened out. Also, do want to mention that tonight in women's college basketball and i'll explain why here in a moment uh marshall fell at charlotte 67 61 despite logan high school grad Shayna gore scoring a career high 32 points making 12 field goals and a new school record eight three pointers in that loss today for marshall at halton arena but uh still outstanding performance for a uh, west virginia native and also uh Taliqua hamilton a huntington grad had 22 points and uh, eight rebounds in that loss. So, um, yeah, local girls playing well, uh, even though for right now it's been a bit of a difficult season uh, for the Thundering Herd women. So um, I just thought that was noteworthy, though. Absolutely. 32 points. We like it when our our high school student-athletes do well at the uh, college level, especially Division I. Absolutely. And let's move on now to our resident referee, Bo Anderson, who has only been on hold tonight, the Bo counter, seven minutes. That can't be right. (laughs) We called in a little bit later, didn't we? Uh, (laughs) That's exactly what happened. And and here we go as Bo Anderson joins us on the program. Bo, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, I pulled a little trick on you guys tonight. I called in late, so my maximum time we figured out was 45 minutes. So, uh, really, this this is a record. Yeah, and um, yeah, you see Bo's smartening up on us now. He just waited a little bit longer to call it. I was wondering how many more technical fouls you were going to call on this before you had ask Ryan and Joe to sit down. Uh, hey, it, it wasn't going to take long. If I'd had to wait the whole 45 minutes, they'd have both been ejected. <laughs> hey, Bo, I got some white vinyl fence for sale. Interested? Oh, no. You don't even want to get me started. There. I knew, I I knew that would hit a nerve. <laughs> you guys, I guess, have seen that I, I'm not only uh, uh, known as a referee, but also uh, known to be part of uh, vandalism. But, Joe, I wasn't the only one. There were six others. I'm, I'm glad because I would have been afraid that uh, some mad mother or father, or, you know, at a basketball game didn't like the way you called it or something. So I'm glad some of your neighbors got hit as well. So, anyway, let's talk about <laughs> basketball. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> <laughs> Joe's glad there were more victims of this. Well, I mean, I, I'm glad that Bo wasn't the only one. I would have been afraid somebody was retaliating from a basketball you, you, You're just glad that Bo wasn't clearly the singular Victim. target. That's exactly right. Gotcha. Unless okay. all of his neighbors were officials, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> anyway, let's talk a little bit of basketball. What about double fouls? I saw one this week. One official called charging. The other official called a defensive foul. They uh, met at half court, decided that both uh, players were 
in the wrong, charged each of them with the foul, and the team with the ball or the, the, that committed the charge actually got the ball out of bounds at midcourt. Uh, yeah, well, what you have, anytime you have a double foul, Joe, you have point of interruption. So uh, if it's a block charge and one official calls a block and the other one calls a player control foul, uh, and then they get together and figure out that they, uh, both of them happen, uh, then you would go with the point of interruption, which would be whoever had the basketball. Um, another scene that usually you see is a couple guys in a post that are deciding they want to be uh, the part of the show that uh, uh, you don't need. They're jockeying around down there, and you call a double foul on them. And let's say that uh, Team A's dribbling the ball at half court, and the two fouls occur at the block, then the point of interruption would be uh, team A's ball at, at uh, you know wherever they were dribbling the ball at half court. Another thing I saw then, and there was no fouls called, but uh, they could give out a couple of Academy Awards. Defender players uh, in the lane trying to make the block, and they may just be you know grazed or or even missed, but they'll fall down like they were knocked through the wall. See that very often. Well, you know, you know that happens some, and they're either a afraid to stand in there and take the hit, or b they want to try to see if they can trick us a little bit. Now, there's a rule. I mean, this rule has got to be used under major discretion, but there is a rule in the rule book where faking being fouled is a technical. Uh, so, uh, and I've never had to use that before. Uh, mm. Many years ago, when I got started, I had a player who, uh, you know, was on the ground and then I looked around, he's on the ground again. And what he was trying to do is he was trying to see if my eyes were uh, going to go ahead and call a foul on the player that was beside him uh, for knocking him down. And so I, I told that player, I said, the next time you're on the ground, I better have seen what happened because if I didn't, it's going to be on you. And that's the last time he ended up laying down. So it's not the Oscar, it's a technical foul. <laughs> there you go. That, never never that, done that before. That is correct. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Faking being fouled is a technical foul by rule. Wow. All right, but something I saw um, earlier this week, and um, it ended up being changed before it was made official, but um, I saw an initial call of a charge and count the basket. Um, Tell me when that exactly um, would be a possibility. It's... Cannot be a possibility as far as the, the, the airborne shooter player control. Anytime the player with the ball holding or dribbling or the airborne shooter, which has went up, shot the layup, they're still in the act of shooting and they're still considered in player control being an airborne shooter until they hit the ground. So, therefore, even if they, they could make a running shot, at the foul line and bank it and still be in the air and the ball go in and halfway through the lane crash over somebody before they hit the ground, that's still a player control foul, and therefore there is never a possibility for that scenario for that basket to count. It automatically will not count. The only time you can have that is the player would have to hit the floor and then run over the defender in order for the basket to count and you to have uh, I then consider really a defensive foul. 
And I do want to say that when that call was initially made, another official discussed it, and they changed it to a block and count the basket. So um, mm. that was cor- in terms of the administration of the rule. Yeah. That's the correct. That's one way to to do it. And uh, again, I understand that. You know, I'm not getting into the the judgment of the call. Just the the matter of uh, right. the process of the call. Right. Right. Yeah. And if it's blocking, then that airborne shooter is in the act of shooting until they return to the floor, and therefore. Uh, you got something in the road here, Lou, I think. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, we're driving here. And <laughs> Tell Lou Pink uh, to I'm, keep his eyes on the road. This sounds like NASCAR in Carter. Uh. <laughs> we got to get off the road here because it's an unusual situation. I think you've had a wreck here or something. Anyway, uh, so uh, what would happen would be, now here's another scenario that you've got here um, that I wanted to talk about tonight is you have a situation where the shooter goes up and attempts, uh, let's say, a three-point shot, and the ball is still in the shooter's hand, and let's say Team A shooting, and Team B pushes a Team A player to try to get defensive rebounding. The ball doesn't have to be released. If you have the foul, the shooter can finish the shot. Therefore, when the ball goes in, you score a three, you call the foul on Team B for pushing Team A, and Team A will also either get the basketball or they will shoot one and one or two shots, depending on whether it's a seventh or tenth team foul. And then the other scenario that I want to discuss is um, the way that it would work opposite is if Team A is shooting the basketball and the ball's in the hand and Team A pushes before the ball's released, that's when you have to know when the release is because if it's still in the hand and teammates teammate fouls, then you can't have the basket unless the ball's released. Mm-hmm. Uh, one final question, Bo, and this is um, obviously with the NBA and college, and I, and we've talked about this before. There are different rules, but uh, both have put the circle in the semicircle or half circle, basically around the basket. Um, where you have to be outside of that to draw a charge. That is not the case in high school basketball. Um, But is is there a point where you as an official, do you call it the exact same way even if the person is directly underneath the basket when they are hit defensively if they're still in a legal guarding position as that being an offensive foul? Absolutely. Every player is entitled to the spot on the floor as long as they got there first and legally. And absolutely, we don't have that underneath the basket rule that college and NBA has. And therefore, if a player crashes over a player, we still have a player control foul if that defender was there before they left the floor and got there legally. Um, we do not have that, that arc, or we do not have the uh, secondary defender touching the arc. We, we have no such rule. If that player that's defending is there, before the offensive player leaves the floor, they're entitled to that spot. And therefore, when the offense runs over them, you still have a player control foul and uh, no basket. And uh, a lot of people don't understand, well, they were too far under the basket. We don't have that rule in high school basketball. And, you know, it's up to the player that's shooting the basketball to be in control when they do it. And therefore, the defense is allowed to be there, uh, and there's no reason – uh, for us to call blocking on that player. It's still a player control foul situation.
our resident referee, Bo Anderson. We always appreciate it. We hope you and uh, you and the guys have a safe trip home and certainly hope that your fence uh, is, is upright and the way it should be. Yeah, well, hey, we're, uh, buddy, we're trying. It's one of those things where uh, we just have to, uh, you know, we just have to go with the flow and uh, never know what we're going to run into out here on the road. And it's uh, one of those things where, uh, you know, <laughs> night in, night out. Fortunately, all the uh, water dried out and it turned into being a uh, dry situation tonight. But there, there was a wreck. That's what I was talking to <laughs> on the on the radio. There was a wreck and. Matter of fact, we're pulling over and telling the sheriff right now that there's a wreck on up the road here. So uh, that way they'll be aware because there was some glass and a little bit of everything. I don't think anybody was hurt. But we never know what we're going to run into. That's part of basketball officiating. <laughs> right. That's our resident referee, Bo Anderson, and traffic reporter for the night. Bo, thanks so much for joining us. We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will have the very latest basketballnight.com power ratings. And we're, we're almost done, guys. We've only got wow. two more segments to wow. go. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Congratulations tonight to Ashlyn Maxwell. Buck Hannon Upshur, Lady Bucks. Ashton was selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You could nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Once again, congratulations to Ashton Maxwell, Buckhannon Upshur Lady Bucks, as our standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the standout athlete of the week tab, fill out the nomination form, we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. You got a few minutes left, you got 10 minutes left to vote in this week's poll. Should dunking be allowed during all pregame? Tell us what you think, yes or no. We'll let you know the results tonight around 11.45. Check out all those pictures. We want you to send us your game pictures, team pictures, fan pictures, even pictures of your coaches. Send them to us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. You can send them to us on Facebook and Instagram. Go to RSN Sports Network, RSN Sports Network. That's how you can send them to us on Facebook and Instagram. You can email them to us, scores at basketballnight.com, scores at basketballnight.com. Give us your best picks of your team and your fans. high school basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts bill cornwell joe linville and ryan epling Eleven thirty-six on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling and joe linville with you here craig dutton of wrr also in studio tonight as well 
Marcus Constantino joins us now. Marcus, it is time for the very latest, hot off the presses, BasketballNight.com Power Ratings. That's right, done just 15 minutes ago. The latest BasketballNight.com Power Ratings. Uh, a few move movements around in the top five. We have one new number one. We'll tell you about that in a minute. Here's the girls' AAA BasketballNight.com Power Ratings. Buckhannon Upshur 18 and one. The Lady Buccaneers are at number one. Greenbrier East is 15 and one. They move up one spot to number two as Parkersburg Big, the Lady Big Reds drop one. Uh, they're 12 and four. They're at number three, Parkersburg South is fourteen and three at number four, and GW, excuse me, is ten and five at number five. On to girls double A, North Marion is seventeen and one, holding in at number one. Wyoming East is twelve and two at number two. The Wayne Pioneers are seventeen and one, hanging in at number three. Sissonville moves up one spot. The Indians are thirteen and two at number four, and the Fairmont Senior Lady Polar Bears are fourteen and four. They move down one into number five. Now in girls single A, the St. Joe Lady Irish are the new number one at nine and five. Uh, Tucker County Mountain Lions fifteen and one move down into number two. Parkersburg Catholic is seventeen and zero at number three. Willing Central Catholic jumping up one spot. Uh, they're sixteen and two at number four. And the Cameron Lady Dragon, Dragons move down one spot. Uh, and they're seventeen and one moving down to number five. Now on to the boys basketballnight.com power ratings in AAA. Parkersburg South is thirteen and one hanging on to number one. University is also thirteen. 13 and 1 at number 2 Capital is 8 and 5 at number 3 Musselman is 13 and 4 at number 4 the Martinsburg is 14 and 3 at number 5 on to boys double A Fairmont senior is 15 and 0 at number 1 Chapmanville moving on up at 12 and 1 Catching up to Fairmont Senior, they're at number two. Oak Hill Red Devils are 12 and one. Number three, Westside is 11 and three at number four, and Bluefield is also 11 and three at number five. On to the boys' single A BasketballNight.com power ratings. Wheeling Central Catholic holding on to the number one spot. They're 15 and one. Valley Fayette jumps up one spot. The 11 and 0 Valley Fayette Greyhounds are number two in single A. Ravenswood Red Devils are 14 and 1 at number 3. They drop one spot. Tug Valley is 10 and 4 at number 4. Notre Dame is 10 and 4 at number 5. And that's the basketballnight.com power ratings. You can see all 124 teams at basketballnight.com. Thank you very much, Marcus. And Joe, when you go through the girls' basketball power ratings, uh, Wheeling Central beat uh, Tucker County this week. So there are only two undefeated teams left in all of West Virginia girls basketball pop quiz one of those Parkersburg Catholic can you name the other no. Meadow Bridge oh interesting so but I'm still a little I know St. Joe's got an awesome program but I'm still a little surprised at nine and five that they have jumped to the number one spot when you've got Tucker County in there at uh you know, with only a loss. Uh, the win over Wyoming East yeah. carries a lot of weight, weight to obviously. it as well. But, uh, Joe, we'll talk here for a moment. Um, we talked earlier with Ariel Atkins from Wayne, and, you, t- um, you know, Craig mentioned her younger sister. 
And I can tell you from just firsthand experience that her younger sister pushes her and they help each other actually be better. That's a family dynamic that you can't always account for on the floor. That's just how the family works. Right. You know, I know a few sets of twins that play sports, and they, you know, have a sibling. I I know a couple girls that are actually playing softball, or they played on the championship team at uh, Chapmanville, but only one of them is playing softball at state. Little sister's feeling a little left out, but she's still there for big sister to push her to, you know, to get her to play her best and, you know, be a part of the team. Certainly think that's uh, that's one of those factors you like I said you can't really account right. for and it, and like you said you know there's not a lot of twins out there playing athletes either so no or even a brother and sister so the other thing about St. Joe's you know that's one reason they're number one me being a St. Mary's guy <laughs> got to see him in the title game for four years and of course St. Joe's plays such a tough schedule right you can't debate that no they definitely go out and and challenge themselves I know that. Um, you pretty much have to know that ball club specifically going into a year because you know you don't see them a whole lot in West Virginia. They don't play no. a whole lot of home games. They uh, they do play um, very good competition, yeah. but um, a lot of it's just quite frankly not within state. So it can be difficult to keep up with them unless you specifically know um, players or uh, the situation there. It's good to see they're playing teams like that again. They used to have Parkersburg Catholic on schedule, Charleston Catholic. Having a team like Wyoming East uh, really helps uh, getting a better gauge of where they're going along in the season. And they've just been a completely dominant team for years. They've they continue to bring in great athletes uh, into that program and just came, seems to build. But I'm really keeping my eye on Parkersburg Catholic in the coming years. They've got some really good young ladies coming up in that program, and it couldn't happen for a better guy like Marty Vierheller up there in Parkersburg. Again, Parkersburg Catholic is undefeated in girls' basketball. So is Meadow Bridge. Um, Pop Bridge. quiz, can you name the two undefeated boys' teams in West Virginia right now? Oh... We talked about one extensively tonight. The oh, other yeah, Valley Fayette. Right. And the other one is, is kind of a known commodity, but yeah. at the same time, we haven't talked about them a lot tonight because they, they haven't played. They didn't play tonight. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I'm trying to remember now off the top of my head. <laughs> I had to look it up. The Fairmont <laughs> Senior, Senior Polar Bears. Bears. Fairmont Senior. 15 oh, wow. 0. Well, they've been pretty dominant this year. I should have known better than that. <laughs> they, they've, they've been absolutely. But again, it, it's interesting to me, and I mean, we follow it as closely as anyone, perhaps. And even at that, even at this point in the season, sometimes I'll, I'll go to basketballnight.com, I'll look at the standings, <laughs> and I'll go, well, I didn't realize they were doing that well. Yeah. You know, and, and I know Fairmont Senior's undefeated, I knew that. But I hadn't thought about it because we didn't, you know, they haven't played on, on basically two or three of the last Friday nights. So this show is on Friday nights, and we tend to want to focus on what's happening that particular night, maybe highlight a game or two that's upcoming in the week ahead. But, um, you know, when you look at Fairmont Senior, they play at Bridgeport tomorrow afternoon at 1.30. Uh, then Robert C. Bird on the road next week. And then a game at East Fairmont. So three road games. Of course, now the trip to East Fairmont, not a very long trip. But, um, again, again, something that is very familiar, though, to folks is that Fairmont Senior plays in the Woody Williams Armory. Mm-hmm. Woody Williams, Medal of Honor recipient for his you know, heroic 
heroics on the battlefield in World War II and Iwo Jima. And he's Jima. got a great honor coming up this weekend. He, wow. will be, he will be tossing the coin at Super Bowl 52 in Minneapolis. That's incredible. And we have reached out. We have made contact with Woody Williams. And we do believe we will have him on the program next week. And certainly awesome. looking forward to that. Uh, we will keep you up to date on, up to date on that <laughs> on social media, um, on Twitter and, and the like. But that, that, that would be a big gift for us. Because you say, how do you tie in West Virginia? How do you tie in basketball? Like I said, he's got a gymnasium named after him. <laughs> And uh, but I still, think he's got a ship named after him too, as well. So yeah, yes, he does. You know, about a year ago or so. Yeah, he, he is West Virginia's only living Medal of Honor recipient, and uh, certainly uh, looking forward to, to getting to speak with him. Hopefully uh, next week. And uh, again, that's a you know that's a generation that that's um, um, you know Father Tom's undefeated, as they say, and. Uh, True. You know, we're, we're getting to that point where there just aren't as many of them left. So uh, definitely cherish the ones that we have, and uh, certainly look forward to. Like I said, look forward to talking to him next week because he's going to have an experience. Another, I mean, this is nothing compared to what he experienced, uh, you know, back in the day. Right. Um, but at the same time, I mean, what an honor for him. The NFL honoring 15 Medal of Honor winners. Uh, recipients. I don't like the term winners with that one, so we'll call them recipients. Right. Um, at the Super Bowl day after tomorrow. Before we go to break, Patriots or Eagles? Craig. Patriots. Eagles. I'm the, Patriots have had their fair share. I know. I'm going for the Eagles. I can't lose because Vinnie Curry, Marshall Grab, exactly. wears his Marshall stuff to <laughs> interviews. Right. Um, <laughs> it, it is a starting defensive end, and there are three Mountaineers that play for um, Philadelphia as well. And the Patriots were my second favorite team growing up because I go back to when Troy Brown was drafted by the Patriots and had yeah. such a great career there. And all the Marshall connections to the Patriots with, you know, you have Randy Moss and Chris Hansen, right. Mike uh, Bartram, who actually played for the Eagles also. He played right. for both teams. Um, you know, they're just a lot of connections. They're, they're the very, Aaron Dobson so, recently. You know. um, yeah. it's, just, it's just incredible. So, um, Again, should be a lot of fun. But we're going to come back from break and wrap things up here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. It will be cause time, and we'll have your poll question as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. Of course, you can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV in Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM WVLY Moundsville. Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel. Singing News Radio 92.5 FM WTHM LP. Ravenswood Ripley. Knights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn. Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg 740 AM 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106. WHFI Linside 106.7 FM. 95 The Sports Fox. WBES Charleston 950 AM. 
voice of the Coalfields. 101.9 FM, 1290 AM WVOW in Logan. Light Rock, 93R. WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQACLP, Edmund, Beckley. Tune for You, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay. And Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find us on Sudden Links, Network West Virginia statewide. and the Huntington region, we're on Comcast, Channel 25, and streaming online at basketballnight.com. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville with you. Craig Dutton, WRR is in studio with us tonight. You're almost there. Almost there. How many is that now? What's the counter at? We'll say at 14. 14. Well, it's pretty close. I, I, we'll, we'll, I just heard it on the break as well. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of that in a moment as well. We'll, we'll knock that one out for, for certain. But also, um, we will have Rick Kozlowski with us in just a moment for cause time. But right now, we need to check out this week's poll question. That's always a fun part of the show. So, Ian, what is Ethan, there we go. Ethan, here's the problem. (laughs) We don't see each other because you're on the other side of the wall. Yeah, that's true. So you pop out here, and I'm like, I remember the face. The face, (laughs) and I can't put the name with it right off the bat. Ethan's so sorry about that. Ethan's here with our poll question this week. All right, so uh, results from our poll question this week. Should dunking be allowed during all of pregame? 65% said yes. 35% said no. This upcoming week... This week's question is, should there be a curfew on start times for games on school nights? Uh, go to basketballnight.com to cast your votes. And, and that's in relation to, we had a big Atlantic Classic game that ended up starting at about 1040 on a week night. So uh, that's something that we were um, kind of bringing that up about. And uh, Joe, your thoughts on uh, potentially a, a, maybe a, a time where you say, you know, you can't start a game after this particular time yeah on a school night especially for the visiting team i mean some of these you know schools have to travel a pretty good distance and if for some reason a school i mean we were getting started late earlier this week mingo central who was only about an hour and 15 20 minutes from madison was late getting to the school but yet the varsity game didn't start till about 10 minutes to eight but i think you know probably nine o'clock may be a good time to set for a curfew on that uh, Situation and, and maybe you know for the state tournament where you've got the kids are have excused. Well, they're staying in Charleston. Right. Anyway, I think that's so fine. That's I think regular season. Right, regular season only. That that's what we want to go with. And um, we bring in uh, we bring back Craig. Don't we thank Ethan Byers by the way. I feel so bad right now. For that. <laughs> but um, um, it happens to me all the time. So don't worry about it. That's why I have rosters everywhere when it comes to stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and notes. <laughs> right, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, 
let's let's just go let's just go right into cause time guys yeah, he's almost, we're almost out of time we better get him while we can yes <laughs> rick kozlowski of the martinsburg journal joins us here on basketball friday night.com pucks at tony phil <laughs> <laughs> We've got, oh, here we go. It's not even 6 a.m. yet. (laughs) (laughs) Got Martinsburg, Rick. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Hello. Rick, welcome to the show. I saw my shadow. (laughs) All right. All right, well, six more weeks of winter. You're the first one. Um, That'd be the end of it. Like I said earlier, when the groundhog sees its shadow, the rodent needs to go. But when the groundhog doesn't see its shadow and spring is near, you know, that dedicated prognosticator of weather, that should be much uh, appreciated. That's my thought on it. Well, you know, when Mrs. Punxsutawney Phil sees her husband's shadow, she tells him that she, he needs to shave. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rick, 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 Rick. Uh, you know, Martinsburg's only had like one inch of snow, so what's what's another six weeks of winter for you guys, right? <laughs> you know, I am not a great lover of winter, but to be honest, I was telling somebody this earlier today, I would like to see maybe an inch of snow, just something to cover the grass, just so that we remember what winter actually is. We've had like, Two minor dustings, like, you know, eighth of an inch, quarter of an inch, and, and basically the snow is gone like four hours later. It's like there's like no sign that it even happened. So, you know, I'm, I'm guess I'm getting a little nostalgic. I want to see some snow. Yeah, that's kind of un, unheard of in your part of the country, you know. Well, we well, you guys get, get some of the t- you know side effects of some of those nor'easters that come up the coast that we don't get. So. Yeah, that tends to be where we get our biggest snowfalls. And you know, obviously, two years ago with the big forty inches, uh, I don't want to live through that one again. But uh, yeah, so I guess the you know the there was one nor'easter this season, and it basically it stayed too far off the coast, and we were. Uh, we missed it. Well, you know, as far east or uh, as Washington D.C. got like four or five inches, and we're just sitting out here, you know, basking in the sunlight. I'll, I'll tell you, we had a, a snowstorm here a couple of weeks ago where we were told, you know, expect an inch of snow. There were four inches of snow, and that's been about it in terms of uh, any accumulation. But uh, Rick will ask you the poll question here. You let you weigh in on this as well. Um, yes, I need a curfew. Yes. <laughs> a sports writer will almost always say, absolutely. absolutely yeah. Deadline, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's, a, uh, uh, that's, a, that's a tough situation. Uh, you know, a lot, I think what happens a lot of times with those late starting games is it is kind of a tournament situation. And if you don't play the game, uh, because of how the, the the late start, you know, when do you play it? You know, if you're at, like, say, the Big Atlantic, you know, can you play at ten the next morning, or does somebody have to come back and and be there? I I, I don't know. It's a tough situation. And also, many times you're talking about 
at least one of the teams, sometimes both, are spending the night. So they're not going to school the next day anyway. Right. And that's the, that's the thing. I think that tournament situations, you know, often are, are a little bit different. At least, you know, and as you know, particularly state tournament. And you know, like I, said, I don't really know how you know the setup is for the Big Atlantic, but. When you have you know as many games going on as as that tournament has, yes, there's going to be some backups because you know some games are going to take longer than others. There's going to be lots of whistles, lots of fouls, overtimes. Uh, oh, geez, you've just jinxed it, right? And when you say that, <laughs> well, that's well. See, that's that's that that's a sports writer thing. We always know. If we're watching a game on TV, waiting to get a, 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 a game from TV or whatever, we never use the word overtime because as soon as we say that, we're dead. It's it's go it's going extra. You know, it's one of those superstition things. Well, there was a double overtime game in the Eastern Panhandle tonight: Spring Mills beating Washington, sixty-three, sixty-one. Um, a, a couple of other teams were down in Beckley for the Big Atlantic Classic. Hedgesville losing today. Uh, Martinsburg winning tonight. So, um, and you're wondering what game I saw. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to I'm beginning to <laughs> run almost, out of games. I almost bet it was the Musselman Jefferson game. It was. I was actually planning on going to Berkeley Springs until uh, one of my staffers called in sick, and so I had to kind of said, well, I'm going to stay close to home. And Jefferson played the first quarter probably about as well as it has played a game all season. Unfortunately, the Cougars went a mere 4 out of 13 from the foul line in the first half. Musselman slipped back to within two points, and then Musselman, which... Had its 10-game winning streak uh, ended the other day at Mercersburg, Pennsylvania. Kind of uh, regathered itself and and played a very good second half and went away with another victory. Well, Rick, we're coming up on the end of the program here. We've got about 30 seconds left. What's on? Yeah, yeah, so this is your 25 seconds to share your grievances on Groundhog's Day. Uh... Well, I can't wait for spring. How's that? I think I that's care, I don't care what the ground. I don't care what the groundhog says. There you go. Well, I, I trust Good you answer. over the groundhog anyway. <laughs> Happy Groundhog's Day. Yeah, and, and Rick, always a pleasure, and we always enjoy talking with you. Yeah, six more minutes of Groundhog Day. <laughs> Whoopee. Uh, uh, one more minute of Groundhog Day and only 30 more seconds of show. That's it for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For Ethan Byers, for Craig Dutton of WRRR. You hit it. Made it. For Joe Linville, for Marcus Constantino, and for the entire crew at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, thanks for watching. We'll be back in one week. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.